And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. I am your newly mohawked host, Cape Joel. Joining me as get, always is Matt. You get you getting ready for that shock week. Getting ready for Shark Week. I get ready in style. But no, actually, for I'm sure people are already asking, already writing in the comments section, what what the fuck's up with the new hair, Joel? Uh, this is a Twitch thing. I reached a Twitch goal when I stream live over there uh, over my birthday. Uh, thanks to great fans like Lich Lord Chris, I uh, passed a milestone, and I promised if I did, I'd shave my head into something crazy. I thought a mohawk would be the most crazy thing I could ever do to my hair, but honestly... I think I'm kind of rocking it, honestly. I think I'm making it work. <laughs> You're making it work, yeah. I'm making it work. I'm also doing the thing where, like, uh, where, like my sideburns connect to my beard. I've always wanted to Ooh, do that. <laughs> fancy. Very fancy. And, you know, considering I did it all myself, I think I lined it up okay. Because, you know, I'm very <laughs> much not one of those measure twice, cut once kind of people. I'm like, is that level close enough? <laughs> How's your week been, Matt? It's been pretty good. Yeah, I, I actually had a lot going this week. I, I ended up, if you see my Twitter, I ended up buying a Nintendo Switch. I did see that. I'm super jealous. I'm thinking of buying one next paycheck at the end of the month. And considering it's like the 28th now, I might get one right next to you very soon so we can play Ultimate Alliance. Yeah, I know, I, I didn't expect to get one, but then like uh, places here were like having big sales because it's like end of the tax year and everything. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that, that, that's too good of a deal to pass up. I haven't done my taxes yet this year. I need to get those in. <laughs> I think I think we can both agree Canada and Australia when it comes to taxes aren't nearly as stringent as the mm -hmm. states are. And the states is like, oh, the tax man's going to get you. Ooh, you don't want that. In Canada and Australia, it's more of like, just, just get it done and don't lie on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is what it really comes down to. It's like, get it done eventually. Like, again, not to not to out people, but I know people who like haven't paid their taxes in like five years. And they're like, I'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll get to it eventually i'll get to it eventually i'm like all right good good on you but yeah what uh well I, I noticed you got some games for the switch what have you been playing yeah um i got three games so far i got ultimate alliance which has been really cool except the costume skins are a fucking joke i saw um, that they're really they're really lazy they're, they're literally swaps. like like yeah someone asked me like oh can you post a picture i'm like well it'd be kind of like redundant for me to do because they'd be they'd look exactly the same except for a slightly different shade of like purple on 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 black panther's suit or something i but, hope they dlc something better in soon because nintendo seems to be good about that and especially mm -hmm. in this game it's like hey you're getting new x-men and you're getting all this other stuff for free very soon yeah, yeah, well, I, ha I haven't got the expansion pass yet, but I'm probably definitely going to because it's got uh, Fantastic Four stuff, Marvel yeah. Knights, like, all the really good stuff coming. And, uh, yeah, as you just said, they're releasing, like, I think Colossus and uh, Cyclops and Loki as playable characters. That's pretty sweet. I know, uh, what is it, Nintendo is usually good about that DLC stuff. What was it, uh, Hyrule Warriors that I never got to play, that, like, Legend of Zelda Musou game, but they just kept adding new characters and new features onto that one endlessly for free. Yeah, well, speaking of Zelda, I got Breath of the Wild as well. Nice, everyone's saying that that's so great. Yeah, it's my first Zelda game since uh, Majora's Mask. Nice. For me, I think it would be my first Zelda game since... Oh, what were the Game Boy ones? Uh, something of Seasons and Something of Ages. Oh yeah, yeah, I know those ones. Th those are the two I play. <laughs> so you know, it's gonna it's gonna be a bit of a jump. Gonna be a bit of an adjustment. Yeah, yeah this one this one is is like totally different from what I thought like a Zelda game would be. Like I obviously knew it was like an open world sort of a game, but yeah, it's like totally different than what I expected. 
I kept hearing Witcher comparisons, honestly, which is a very mm, good thing I can to be see compared that. to. Yeah, I can see them. Yeah, I definitely want to play that one. I definitely want to play the Pokemons when they come out there. I hear that new Fire Emblem is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's coming on Switch, isn't it? Yes, Fire yeah. Fire Emblem School Days. You know, uh, it's you <laughs> and Rodney Dangerfield. And, you know, you got to work through school again to be a Fire <laughs> Emblem. I'm pretty sure that's the story. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I've, uh, I've been enjoying PC gaming myself over the last little bit. As I've said before, I got a new computer, thanks to many generous fans, which is the setup I've been using for the show. You were also mm-hmm. nice enough to uh, get me Divinity for my birthday. I haven't had much time to play that because I've been finishing Vermintide 2. I actually beat Vermintide 2 this week. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Really, really fun game. It's Left for Dead, but with fantasy characters. And I also found out there's two DLC packs I haven't gotten yet. And I'm like, hmm, this has been so much fun to stream. Maybe I should get those too. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm doing right now. Because we're in a bit of a game lull right now. There's really not much yeah. new coming out. Which is good, because we get to go back and finish it. Yeah, it allows me to catch up on games that I haven't uh, started that have that came out in like like april may and i've got until what like end of october i think it's like the next kind of big game that comes out yeah the halloween christmas season is when it really starts heating up again have you seen that uh remnant from ash there that they're touring around with it looks like uh i mean basically i heard it pitched to me like oh it's like a souls game but it's a shooter and i'm like okay and it's a pc thing i actually wrote the company and i'm like Get press copy please uh, yeah, I, I have seen it, and it, it does look really cool. It, I, I like all like the customization options you can do in it. Like I've been seeing Same. like people, I think who got the beta or something, and like yeah, all the yeah. stuff they're doing. And I'm like, ooh, this looks fun. And it's procedurally generated, and there's a yeah. bunch of planets. And I'm like, all right, this is something I could see myself streaming. I I'm thinking about that now. Where it's like, you know, what's something the people would like to watch me play? Probably something with not a lot of cutscenes and where I don't have to pay attention too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- there's also. I think it comes out like in a month or something uh was it the outer worlds i always get it confused with it's either yes. outer worlds or outer limits or something that's right that's the obsidian game right you know the mm. ones who made the last uh, fallout game people liked yeah yeah th- that looks really good when does that come out i want to say like end of next month or like september maybe i'm not too sure i think it got pushed back or something yeah i want to say so god damn there's too many i haven't beaten persona 3 yet because that i was trying that one out and that was fun i haven't there's so many things i haven't beaten yet man i'm a, I'm a bad gamer and it's <laughs> hard to keep on top of that and keep on top of comics and speaking of co- uh, keeping on top of comics everyone uh if you couldn't tell it's post san diego comic-con so no one announced anything new this week no, and if they did, it got, like, swept under the table because the, it wasn't worth announcing at Comic-Con. The The news bucket is dry, and Matt and I have delivered, like, uh, two almost three-hour-long episodes the last uh, two weeks in a row. So we figured this one's going to be kind of casual. This one's going to be kind of laid back. We're going to talk about our week. We're going to shoot the shit, and then we're going to actually uh, <laughs> talk about what we read, which we haven't done in, like, four weeks. Yeah, there's there's quite a few big books coming out uh, there are. that came out, like, this last week and the week before that i really want to talk about yeah there was like a whopping three big new number ones this week so we picked a good week to do something like this i feel Mm -hmm. i uh i've been watching a lot of tv this week i didn't get a chance to watch the boys yet i know lots of people did i did i i know you did but in the battle of like okay what show are you gonna binge this new amazon comic book related thing 
or your women's prison dark comedy that you've been watching forever. And of course, Joel, Orange is the New Black. I want to see what all the Orange is the New Black girls are up to. This is my jam. I haven't finished it yet, but I am very far. I'm like 10 of 13. Well, The Boys is only eight episodes long. It really? There's like no fat in it whatsoever. And That's it's, good. It's probably one of my favorite shows this year. It's really, really? good. High, yeah. high, high praise. High praise. Yeah, it's really good, especially like having read the comics as well. This is not exactly like the comics, but it no. makes changes that probably make it better. Let me ask you this. Is it closer to the boys comic book than the Preacher TV show is to Preacher? I would say yes. Yeah, they do change around some some of the things uh, to make make it, you know, not as terrible as as yeah. as the uh, the book is. But um, yeah, it's I'd say it's it's pretty uh, pretty uh, on point with how it is in the comics That's compared good. to Preacher. That's- that's good to hear, because, I mean, Preacher basically might as well be a whole other series and a whole other idea by, like, the yeah. time episode two is done. Yeah. But, yeah, that's I'm definitely going to check the boys out at some point, just, you know, not right away. Yeah. I got to finish one show before I start another one. I, too too I, many shows I'm on, too. Well, no, well, now that Orange is the New Black is finished, I can probably start it. Yes, absolutely. Now's the perfect time to start it because it's finished up. I don't know if it sticks the landing. So far, it looks like it's about to stick the landing. So far, I would say the only weak season of that show was season three when they were still trying to figure out what the show would become because it's mm-hmm. obviously like based on a woman's real life account, like a real book. Yeah, and that, that obviously ran out like a while ago. They ran out of her real life story by like, yeah, the time season two was done. And then it's like, okay, but does she still need to be the main character? Okay, she is, but she'll have less time and we'll build this really interesting cast with other people. And, you know, it kind of loses itself, but it comes back to it. And uh, obviously, you know, without spoiling too much, you know, they start off for many seasons in minimum security. Mm hmm. So, like, you know, not like Oz at all and not like any other prison show you've seen. But in the last two seasons, they're like, all right, okay, move them to maximum security just to change <laughs> shit up. Uh, that's that's okay. That's pretty cool. That is good. And a whole season is a whole season built around a prison riot. Oh, nice. That's a very clever season. That's what made me fall back in love with the show. And I'm like, all right, okay, you got some good shit. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what my week's been. I know a lot of people have gone to the movies this week. That new Tarantino movie came out. It doesn't come out here for another three and a half weeks. And I'm Damn. I'm beside myself. I really want to see it. It looks so good. And it's and been getting praise as well. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, every Tarantino movie does. But, yeah, and I'm sure you don't want it spoiled, too, because a lot of people are like, okay, so mm-hmm. there's a thing in the last 30 minutes that we're going to be talking about for a long time to come in the film press, but I can't spoil it for you. I, I kind of can guess what it will be. I, I'm not going to say what it is, but, like, just by how I know how Tarantino writes and his other films, plus I know, like, like films like Inglourious Buses with alternate histories and stuff like yeah. that, I know what it will be. Yeah, we're a, we're a historical fantasy about Hollywood during the time of the Manson murders, and I'm like, all right, how how is Tarantino going to work with this one now? How is he going to re envision this ending? Yeah, and I hear just 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 some amazing performances in that one, as there always is. Yeah, Brad Pitt apparently is is like was like made for this role. Yeah, I forget which Fanning they have. If they have Dakota Fanning or the other Fanning, but one of the think, Fannings is in there. I think it's Dakota Fanning. She's playing like one of like that the second leader of the manson 
uh, squad. Uh, yeah, Squeaker, which again, I know yeah. my Manson lore. I'm like, oh, really? She's playing that one. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, speaking of movies and speaking of shit uh, inspired by the Manson family, I was really happy because I got to see the trailer for uh, Three from Hell, which is, of course, mm-hmm. the threequel in the Rob Zombie horror uh, grindhouse trilogy, House of a Thousand Corpses, uh, The Devil's Rejects, and now this one, Three from Hell. Yeah, I I don't know what to think about it. On one hand, I'm uh, it, it's cool we're getting a follow-up to Devil's Rejects, but then mm-hmm. on the other hand, like... I'm upset because we're getting a follow-up from Devil's Rejects because that that was probably Rob Zombie's best film because it was yeah. so, like, I want to say reserved compared to his other films. It's like it's like reserved question mark. It's more like okay, this is this is playing very much to your uh, to your skill set, and you can tell mm-hmm. you care about this because it's like okay, it stars your wife and your friends yeah. and actors yeah, yeah. you respect and everything. And also too, I can understand how you'd be unhappy about them doing a third one because man, the endings to Devil's Rejects is so good and so final, and now we're yeah. undoing that finality. Although maybe we're not, we don't know yeah that's the thing yeah this could all just be like some dream or something they had just before they all got gunned down at the end of devil's rejects it could be which one of probably one of my favorite uses of free bird in a movie ever <laughs> they literally just play free bird in its entirety and i'm like nice <laughs> that's some good shit uh but yeah that's that's what my week looked like anything else cool um i don't think yeah no i just been like playing switch watching the boys catching up on like other tv shows like apparently uh pennyworth started and it's already on episode three is it really <laughs> yeah it just, it just like it like popped up i'm like wait this stuff this kind of started by that like i would have heard about this because i remember there was like that week i think before comic con where everyone was raving about it. i'm like okay these guys have been paid to review yeah, this really. and, and, and pitch it because then like after that i heard nothing it's like, how much free industry booze did they pour down your gullet before they showed you the pilot? <laughs> yeah, the pilot, I, I've watched the pilot, and it's, eh, like, like, why is this being made? Exactly, why? that's, like, you can never overcome the why does this exist, this feels like a bad joke. Yeah, it does not need to, it doesn't, I don't care that, like, Alfred is teaming up with uh, Thomas Wayne, and there's, like, Martha Kane and all these characters, I don't care, like, that has it doesn't matter who cares i like batman i don't care what batman's fucking butler and his father and his <laughs> aunt were doing at some point in history yeah <laughs> what fucking bullshit is this i almost want to watch it anyway though because i had a lot of fun doing a whole season review of uh doom patrol so i almost feel <laughs> like man should i do like a season review of this and be like all right what fresh hell is this <laughs> it will be interesting to see if it like survives i don't know if I- it will but at the same time, like, Gotham survived and actually got to finish its story, so... That still blows me away, that Gotham ran as long <laughs> as it did. I swear, some people... Like, it must have had a very strong contingent of people hate-watching it and people, like, camp-watching it, where it's like, <laughs> this show's so stupid, I can't wait to see what they do next. Yeah, uh, I have no idea how that show... So it was, like, what, five seasons or something? way longer than it should have like i put an example we still worked at name redacted when the first episode leaked out online yeah and i remember us watching that first episode and being like oh you know this has got some potential here you know there's some places you can go with it and then balloon man came along (laughs) and then i think yeah a lot of people checked out at balloon man and for everyone who checked out at balloon man oh you missed some great bollocks because it only got stupider 
Yeah, and even in this last season, it, it got even stupider with like super mutants, and they they did no Ma- no man's land, even though Batman's not around yet, and like all this weird shit. My favorite piece of Gotham stupidity that stuck out in my mind was the crime Walmart that there was just a department <laughs> store you could go to that had like flamethrowers and rocket launchers and like crime stuff. And like <laughs> clearly when they filmed it, it was supposed to be a ha 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 joke, but they re-edited it to be like super fucking serious and like put a bunch of like foreboding music under it. I'm like, they're at a Walmart picking out stuff for crime. Why are you playing the sinister music here? That's the thing with the show. Like at the start, it it was goofy, and then like for some reason, it decided like, oh no, we need to go serious, but also still somehow keep all that goofiness. And it just it doesn't mesh well. It doesn't mesh at all. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in that writer's room because you know there was like a turf war going on between the staff writers who were like, no, we need to make it like Nolan. We need to make it like a serious Batman. And then the mm-hmm. other side of the room was like, nah, we need to make it goofy Adam West Batman is what we needed. And then someone in the middle is like, well, can't we just make a cop show? Batman's not actually in this show. Shut up, guy who wants to make a cop show. Well, that's I think the show was originally going to be. It was, it was going to be Gotham Central, Greg Rucker's yeah. run. Yeah. Like, it was going to be that, but then somehow it just turned into mostly talking about Bruce Wayne and becoming a, a League of Assassin member and all this stuff that should not have happened at that you, point. You know it was supposed to originally be a Gotham Central show because Renee Montoy and Crispus Allen show up for a couple episodes in the first season that mm-hmm. are never mentioned again. You know, <laughs> the stars of Gotham Central. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like someone had to say that, like, no, get them out of here. Do not ruin them. We could still make a show about them at some point. Yeah, probably. Same with Swamp Thing. I want to, when Swamp Thing's all done, I'll sit down and watch it. I'm already <laughs> thinking of a title being like, you know, oh, is is this the lost masterpiece? You know, is this gone too soon? Because, I mean, it's it doesn't matter. It's dead regardless. I, I've been watching it week to week. I think it finishes next week. Because it? it was only 10 episodes, wasn't it? Yes, it was supposed to be 13, but they yeah. cut it because of budgetary reasons. Yeah, so this week was episode 9, so next week's the finale. But, like, I I don't know whether it's because I know it's getting cancelled or just, like, because I might, might have expected something with hearing that it was going to have, like, $80 million budget and everything. But it, it's, it's, like, running in place, like, shockingly. Like, we're episode 9 and, like, it's the plot's barely moved a little bit. And and they, they, they keep doing this thing where they're like, oh, Abby Arcane and the Swamp Thing are like romantically involved. I'm like, no, they're not. They they She met Alec Holland for like 10 minutes in the first episode and then mm. never again, like has only met Swamp Thing in like a Alec Holland illusion in one right. episode. And that they want us to believe that there's like a, like a romance building between them. <laughs> it's just so forced. Have, uh, have they referenced Anton Arcane anymore? I think, I want to say yes. I think they have. I know they did, like, they did Phantom Stranger, which is really cool, because uh, they got Macon Blair to play him. And nice. I like how his appearance, like, he appears as, like, a uh, a movie producer to, to the guy who plays Blue Devil. And uh, he's the one who, like, Blue sort Devil's of, he's the one who sort of, like, makes him Blue Devil and sort of st- everything like that. Stuff with Blue Devil is really good, which is really surprising, because the guy who plays Blue Devil is the lead in all the Sharknado films. <laughs> really yeah and he's like he's pretty decent in this that breaks my heart that this show had phantom stranger and blue devil in it and they still fucking canceled it yeah yeah and blue devil gets his actual costume really yeah well at first it's like 
it's a haha because he's an actor playing the blue devil in right. like old movies so he's got like the the classic blue devil costume with a mask and everything but that soon becomes his actual like skin and everything that's crazy yeah huh i'll definitely have to check it out just to be like man imagine what we could have had i think the problem with swamp thing is is we'll never be able to watch it in a vacuum because they canceled it after episode one yeah that that's a shame that's i think what sully did a lot for me because i'm like well why do i even care about this now it's canceled there's no point getting invested in it, which is why yeah. I stopped watching after episode one. I'm like, well, I'm not going to get invested and watch this week to week when I know nothing will come of it now. Yeah, exactly. I'm a little jealous people apparently got to see that Harley animated show first. I didn't read any of the reviews, but apparently people who went to Comic-Con got to see episode one. Oh, really? When when does that start? I don't... Fairly soon if they're already showing episode one to people. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, I imagine this is Swamp Thing is finishing up next week and then... is. How many episodes are left of Young Justice? Uh, only a couple because they're doing they're doing this weird thing where they did three a week. Now they're only doing one a week until they get to the finale, and then they'll play the last three episodes. Oh, okay, then. So yeah, that that'll be finishing up kind of soon, and Titan starts back. New. I think Titan yeah. starts back, or like what, what's happening with Star Girl? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, what is happening with Stargirl? Because nothing was shown at Comic-Con, I don't think. I, I never no. heard about anything being shown for that show. For all we know, they did, and we just didn't get to see anything from it. Yeah, well, no, no one cares enough to, like, tell us. <laughs> That's a shame. Stargirl's actually getting more of a push in Young Justice right now, which I think is funny. Uh, her as, like, a celebrity reporter. It's like, hey, I'm your Stargirl, Courtney Whitmore. I'm like, hey, she did the thing. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That is fun. I'm like, oh, she does a show talking about celebrities. She's a star girl to the stars. That's funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess with that, uh, we've faffed about enough. We can uh, hop into what we read this week. And it was a big, big, big meaty week. It was. There was lots of, as you said before, lots of new number ones. Yes, yes. Where, where would you like to start, Matt? Let's start with the X-Men. Yes, a brand new Hickman-flavored era for the X-Men comes out, I, I think, all guns blazing, honestly. Oh yeah, it it it's it comes out firing on all cylinders, and as you said, it's Hickman-flavored. It is, it is Hickman-flavored to the core. Like it this, is this, dense. This, this, this I was getting like, like flashbacks to his like Avengers run, which was like this mm. grand, sprawling epic, when, when he started that run just before the all-new, all-different era. And that, that's exactly what I got when I read this. My uh, other co-host, Sal, from Comic Pop, said something kind of interesting about Hickman that I never really considered before. And he says that Hickman routinely in his work will explain with graphs and drawings things he can't explain with words. But that's okay because you actually feel smart for reading his graphs. Yeah, the, half this book was actually like, yeah, all these graphs like explaining this is an Omega level. And I'm glad he did that because like, as he as he said on Twitter that like got a lot of lot of attention that he said that the X-Men continuity is just a fucking mess of like yep. all different concepts and times and everything. So doing this kind of streamlines that and, and says this is what it really is follow it this chart it ends up being one of the most new reader friendly superhero yeah. books in a long time because it has these little appendices and mm. these little act breaks to be like hey this is what krakoa is for those who don't know these are all the omega level mutants for those who don't know yeah i really like them i, I knew most of the information in it but yeah Same. having having those there in these like really cool stylized graphs was actually really 
really quite cool is it great like page breaks made me think like why don't more comics do this actually try and educate people and then i'm like no wait don't do that or people won't watch my channel anymore stop educating people john hickman <laughs> they need to come to me and ask me those questions you could just do a video on those graphs people would still watch that oh christ that because they fuck reading people that's what people want <laughs> clickbaity videos i i think that's why my buddy rob loves hickman so much i think that's most of his channel actually <laughs> which no disrespect he's doing really fucking well <laughs> Do, doing videos like that bottom of fucking house <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so this is some cool shit the x-men who i didn't even know this because i didn't read the end of the rosenberg era Apparently, Rosenberg killed, like, 18 different X-Men at the end of his story, and a bunch of them are reborn here in pods. Yeah, was that in the, um, was that his, like, Nathaniel Summers Jesus I'm assuming, yeah. Thing? Yeah, I, I read, like, half of that and then just, like, had to stop because it was, there was, like, too much going on. And when you knew Hickman was coming anyway, it's like, oh, so they're throwing this all out for Hickman, so I don't need to keep yeah. reading. Yeah, I, I, to his, to his, um, detriment, though rosenberg did continue the story and actually give an ending that i think i think a lot of people i've, I've read that like liked it for the mm. most part but knew that the hickman era was gonna basically reboot it and it's what it did but it did like the softest reboot ever it's like hey anyone who died came back as like a weird krakoa pod person yeah and yeah. we also get to say to me my x-men which is always good that's good even the idea, too, of like, oh, the X-Men start their own nation. It's like, well, it's kind of been done before, has It's like, yeah, okay, but they've never done it like this before, where to start a nation, they're not just doing it with the olive branch. They're actually, you know, bribing the governments of the world with cutting-edge medications. They're doing that, and also, like, using people like Magneto to, like, thinly veil, like, thin veily, like, threaten them. Oh, yeah. saying it's like it's like no no we're, we're like your gods now like we're, we're in the grace you know in our good graces we're just giving you the earth and we'll just take this small part yeah and i'm doing this in jerusalem too if you know yeah. the uh if the metaphor here wasn't you know too obvious <laughs> for you to which then one of the politicians like hey holocaust survivor magneto you know who you're sounding like now right <laughs> Twitch Magneto's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Don't you say the H word around me. <laughs> but yeah, that's really cool. Uh, we get to see what I guess is technically our villains for this series, a group called Orchis, which is made up of a bunch of different casts off, of a bunch of different agents from a bunch of the different supergroups, Hydra, AIM, S.H.I.E.L.D., Strike, who they haven't mentioned in like 20 years. Yeah, they're, they're like getting together. They, they've gone and uh, taken the Forge, which is like this big... I want to call it a super weapon that is like the last contingency as not a Hickman thing. Um, and they're using it to, I guess, build like a giant, like Megazord Sentinel or something. Or limited at least. <laughs> yeah. Something like, yeah, they're using that as their base. And then there's a big Sentinel head in the middle. <laughs> you, you know, this is a comic book fantasy when a bunch of supremacists are like, fine, then we're just going to leave and go to space and leave all you mutants alone who we disagree with. And I'm like, man, I wish all the supremacists would just fucking go to space in the real world. We're going to live in the sun. Yeah, we're going to go live by the sun at Saul's, uh, what was it, Saul's Anvil or whatever? Yeah, yeah, the forge. Right, which apparently that was a Hickman creation from mm -hmm. his Avengers yeah. run, which I didn't even read yeah. that far into his Avengers. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. He brought yeah. that back. It's like some like last, last, last contingent against like if something was like going to blow up the Earth, they'd like activate it. 
Nice, nice. And you know they're going to be a problem. And also, too, I remember asking the new X-Men book where it's just basically the Summers family and Wolverine. I'm like, what are they doing in space? What do the X-Men have to do in space? Oh, their enemies are in space now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Completely answers that, which is going to be really cool. I can't wait to see X-Men in space. It's been done like here and there, but like this is probably going to be really cool. People forget how cosmic that book was for huge stretches. Yeah. Also, too, you know, it's very Gundam, too. It's very like, you know, d- damn moon people up on the moon. You think you're better than us. Damn supremacists in your soul's anvil because you don't want to live on mutant Earth. <laughs> please, please tell me living so close to the sun also gives you, like, powers to predict shit before it happens. <laughs> that gives you a nice tan. Yeah. They got robots, too. They got, like, friggin' uh, alien-style robots. I like that, too. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Which is hilarious to me, like, ah, oh, we hate them muties, we're going to space. Eh, advanced robots are fine, though. <laughs> what if what if the advanced robots realize that they're also superior than you? Have you figured that <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't be shocked when the robot wants to kill you all and destroy all humans, is all I'm saying. Yeah, and it, then it's come... gonna happen. It's gonna happen. And then you come crawling to the mutants, bro. Can you stop? <laughs> or can you help us with the killer robots that we created? <laughs> Will you stop calling me muty if I do? Sure. (laughs) Yeah, just for this run. Then we'll go back to it. But yeah, it really is cool to see this this idea of a mutant nation the way we've never seen it before. Like, they're not even in the school anymore. They've moved all the children to the mutant nation. Yeah, the school and, like, a bunch of different other places that are kind of relevant to X-Men or X-Men adjacent characters have become gateways that they pass through to get to... I guess there's other dimension island place. Yeah, they say it's just slightly out of sync with the rest of reality. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they end up going there, and it's like it's like their wall. Only only mutants are allowed through. No humans can go through unless they're guided by a mutant. I do love that. You know, some dumbass human is going to try going through that gate. <laughs> and it's going to fuck them up at some point. Yeah, it's gonna. They're going to come out the other side as like some weird warped inside out thing. It's going to be the fly. It's going to turn them inside out. It's going to do something horrifying. I love it, too. They're literally in Xavier's garden in the shade. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, they have um, they have their own language now. Yes, which is very clever. And the book is covered in mutant language. Mutinese, I guess we'll call it. Yeah, which Magnetus is like, if we truly want to be defined as a culture, you need your own language. Cause, and that's exactly what Xavier's doing now. He's got his own language or a culture now. Mm-hmm, exactly which makes a lot of sense too for all these other x-men books where it's like well what is this gonna be about oh the marauders is a trade organization naturally they're gonna need a fleet of ships if they're their own country with their own economy and x-force is probably gonna be their military dealing mm-hmm. with threats now that they're gonna have border disputes new x-men is gonna be them dealing with space because you know their enemies are in space right now don't know what Fallen Angels is going to be about. I think Fallen Angels is actually going to be about the characters who we don't see in the mutant society who have said, nah, this shit's weird and culty. I'm going elsewhere. It could be that or it could be maybe the other way and they all be extremists for right. this view. Kind of like, cool. um, I guess maybe like what the mystique and everything was in this book where they're like still part of Krakow, but they're like stealing stuff from like damage control and... Man, Damage Control had a big week this week. They were mentioned <laughs> twice, which is twice more than they've been mentioned in a very long time. 
the, the Mystique thing was interesting because they kind of seek to imply, like, oh, were they acting on their own? Or yeah. are they, like, secretly being spies for the mutants yeah. in Krakoa, but, like, Cyclops can't avow them and be like, oh, yeah, they were criminals. We caught now. Let me let me take them back. Are they yeah. being, like, a suicide squad? Yeah, that, that's what I think they are. They're, or they're, like, a... um like a subset of like say like x-force like the, the 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 spec ops team or something that goes in and steals like information they need like i don't who were they stealing information on was it like tony stark and reed richards or something yes who apparently keep all their shit and damage control now <laughs> well all uh, the shit that was taken from them what with uh, reed richards disappearing and tony stark being dead for a little bit or in a coma yeah so i mean intrigued to see what they they plan on using that information for because i imagine it might be used as like maybe some type of leverage or something you know why it's do, uh, damage control too as i stop and think about it because shield doesn't exist anymore that's why it had to be yeah. damage control yeah had shield still been a thing they would have been robbing a shield installation <laughs> yeah well the thing is it probably was a shield installation and just damage control is just taking it over just renamed the door they, they literally just came with their posters and just hot glued over it's like all right yeah. it's damage control now we're yeah, the blue collar exactly shield <laughs> <laughs> but yeah really really cool premise and you know it's uh, i mean obviously not all is right in krakoa there's obviously a very sinister undercurrent we're supposed to see i remember i i i immediately theorized this when i started reading this and then after i read it and went on like facebook and twitter i saw other people talking about this and that is there's like theories going around that Xavier isn't Xavier. Xavier is actually the maker. Yeah, because their helmet and shit looks so alike, and obviously he's walking and he's younger. I think that's almost a little too obvious to me. I think mm. there's just something really fucked up about Xavier's face, or like it's not Xavier, it's Legion. Yeah, or uh, somehow that maybe they're, they're tying into that stuff that happened uh with like shadow king and stuff maybe like shadow king is taking over his body or something or right because xavier was just his mind and then he took over phantom x's body and i yep. guess he's still technically running around in phantom x which hey thank you hickman for honoring that fact and being like yeah he's in a different body now <laughs> but yeah you don't you don't give a character a mask if there's not going to be a point of a big unmasking and there's something you wouldn't expect under there yeah or, or maybe Krakoa is controlling Xavier now. Mm, oh, maybe he has a helmet on because he has hair now. Oh, and, 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 <laughs> and he, he doesn't want people to know. <laughs> he doesn't want people to know. It's like, no, as soon as people know I have hair, they'll try and use it against me. <laughs> they'll shave my head when I'm sleeping, and I don't want that. <laughs> it's just like big, long, luscious Fabio locks. Yeah, he keeps it up in the helmet in like a, in like a beehive weave. It's really fitting, too, that Krakoa is the thing that helps Xavier do all this when we consider that the all-new X-Men, the team people like of X-Men, the one that, you know, kicked off the Claremont run and everything in the lineup everyone knows, that was their first adventure to go to Krakoa Island, and now Krakoa is offering them a home and a fresh start all over again. Yeah, it's it's a great back-to-basics book, and as we said earlier, it's, like, heaps, like, reader-friendly like i didn't Absolutely. i didn't know whether it was going to be reader friendly like what it was going to be but yeah with those graphs as well as how hickman sets out the story it, like a new reader could just pick this up it's maybe the most new friendly reader thing i've read and i don't even know how long yeah like it's shocking how easy it is to pick up and i hope it becomes a big success because of that i do as well i think it will be a huge success and you know we got this book 
And then we got Power of X, which Power of X looks really fucking weird, because that's the one where we've got, like, the hybrid characters. Yeah, they're going to be running Kokoro. I don't know how, like, cross, like, how much of a crossover there will be between both books, because they they alternate between weeks. But, yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see that, that story evolve and whether it, like, carries on the story from House of X. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it has to, because as we saw... In the little graph, it all comes back to a little graph. You know, this is uh, this is the House of X because there's several houses all over the place. That's the name we give to all the Krakoa hubs and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess, does Power of X take place in another hub somewhere? Or, you know, is it the power behind Krakoa? I guess we'll have to read and find out. Yeah, I am very excited for that. Yeah, what is up with those fusion characters? Because there's some characters we just didn't see... Because we didn't see Nightcrawler, and we didn't see a bunch of other prominent characters. I'm like, is did they they get fused in the pod into something weird that, and crazy? That's the thing. That's This is probably going to be, like, the sinister thing where, like, Xavier or whoever it is has, like, melded these mutants together or something to create, like, an army or something. Because you got, like, in the Power of X, what we've seen so far, we got, like, Colossus... Mm-hmm. crossed with magic because she's yeah. got like a sword and magic powers and then you got like a night crawler but who's all red in the face like his dad it's really crazy yeah it's, it's very intriguing very intriguing yeah oh i wish i could read it now <laughs> well, well, well people people listening to this can actually read it now because we because of when this comes out <laughs> right because this comes out wednesday you you might have already read it future joel <laughs> probably read it but past joel hasn't read it yet <laughs> Man, I'm annoyed, too, because apparently, like, if you're really deep in the comic book press, some people actually got to read, like, issue two and shit already. Ah, really? Yeah, some people already got to read issue two, and apparently it just continues being mind-blowing stuff. Awesome. I wish I was a big-time comic book guy so <laughs> I could read issue two and then not have to tell again, the Again, like last week, it's because it's we live in, like, countries that are not America. There you go. They don't. They don't. It's very. They're very xenophobic. This <laughs> industry. Get out of here with your snow dollars and your dollary dues and your poutines and your tim tams. <laughs> Get your fuck out of here. We we eat ranch here, not Vegemite. <laughs> yeah, we eat ranch by the bucket load. <laughs> I'm trying to think what 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 is the Canadian answer to Vegemite or ranch? What's what what do we put on everything? Uh. I don't know if we have a thing that is tantamount to that. What's something just, that we... Just that, Tim Hortons. Just Tim Hortons. There you go. That goes on everything. It, it, it's fucking Duncan, bro, not Tim Hortons. Get the fuck out. <laughs> that being said, I've been to an American Tim Hortons cafe and bake shop. They have to put that at the end or Americans won't know what the hell it is. And oh my God, the service I got there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know Good old bad. <laughs> bad i know some people complain about canadian service as being slow which i mean i guess you're slow when you know you don't have to keep a crappy job just for the health benefits <laughs> but never have i been greeted at a counter for anywhere and had the words out of the mouth of someone what you want i'm like some service would be nice <laughs> never have i been met so aggressively what you want i'm like coffee and maybe a bagel they gave me a bagel by the way was not cut and didn't have anything on it. They just gave me a bag. <laughs> just a, it wasn't even one they, they were serving. They just, like, found it on the floor. They just they gave just, it to you. They just found it and put it in there. And again, <laughs> I went to a Dunkin', too. 
And again, never have I had like uh like this guy wasn't bad, but it's just like okay, so you know what he got there? I don't know. Are you gonna are you gonna look there? Is that like a is that like a cruller? Does that have a chocolate center? I don't know. I'm like, uh, well, what, ab- I don't know. what what about tea? Do you just have like steep tea? I don't know, maybe. And I'm like, do you work here? Is the real guy tied up in the back? Are you robbing the place? <laughs> yeah, you walked in at a row, but he just like went with it. Just went with it. I don't know, man. I'm like, well, then in that case, maybe I should get my shit and get out. <laughs> Thank, thank you, Tim Hortons at the uh, Buffalo Airport, and thank you at the like Buffalo train station. That's the two <laughs> places I've been to. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, X-Men's good. It is. It's very good. And I'm very excited to see where we're going with X-Men now in the future. I don't know if it will commit what they want it to, and that is to make X-Men the big center of Marvel again, where it can sell six books. I guess we'll see. I have a I have a feeling it's got the Hickman name on it. That's a big draw for people. I know that. Indeed. Uh, and hopefully, like the people who Hickman is a big draw for, will actually influence other new readers to be brought in by it. Hopefully, there's there's never been a better time to start with X Men. They're basically saying read this, then pick whichever of the spinoff books you like. Yep. And you know there'll eventually be a big event where you'll have to read every one because it tells a story. Because that's X-Men in a nutshell. They they freaking started that shit that you gotta pick up every one to follow <laughs> the event. Yep, yep. They love that one. How, how long do you think until the big event? Because even with uh, Hickman's Avengers, he had like an event even before the big event that was Secret Wars. What was it like? Uh, Infinity. Oh, Infinity. We had Infinity before all that. So how long until we get the Infinity of X Men? X Men. I I would argue that this House of Powers of X are an, an event. They kind of are, and there are two miniseries, but they might as well be events. Yeah, but I think like once that's done, and we're like five issues into like the solo series that have in, we'll, we'll start getting hints at something. Right. Something we got, we got... mutant war or something. Yeah, the the Orcus invasion, the Krakoa civil war. I can you yeah. know. Let's stop using the word civil war, though. Civil disagreement. <laughs> the the cracking of Krakatoa. I don't know. I, I keep wanting to call it Krakatoa like the volcano, but it's not. It's Krakoa. I, 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 while I was reviewing it, I kept almost calling it that. I'm like, oh, it's Krakoa, not Krakatoa. Krakato- Again, like, Krakoa is not a word. Krakatoa is a word. <laughs> God damn it, that's going to be hard. I mean, I know I'm going to fuck that up again multiple times. <laughs> oh, people will tell you if you do. Oh, they will. That's like when I try and say the word amethyst, I keep putting an N in there when it's actually amethyst, the gemstone. Yeah. Amethyst. Amethyst, princess of gem world, not amethyst. Amnesist International. <laughs> I'm going to have to create a new character called Amnesist just so I don't feel stupid. <laughs> There you go, my. It's 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 not that I'm fucking up. It's a brand new character. <laughs> uh, what uh, what else did we have, Matt? That you want to talk about? Uh, we had a new good Batman book this week. Yes, yes, we did. Uh, Batman: Curse of White Knight, the sequel to Batman: White Knight, which was like my favorite Batman story of 2017, and maybe like my one of yeah. my favorite Batman books in a long time. It was so damn good, and this is no different. This one continues on the the open plot points from uh, the last book, as well as introducing some new ones. 
yeah, they're really having fun creating the alternate history of this alternate universe, which we had seen a little in the original White Knight, where, you know, the uh, the Wayne family built the foundation of their company on Nazi science because mm-hmm. they managed to save uh, uh, Victor Freeze, who is the son of a Nazi in this continuity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and this one continues it on where we, we find out uh, the Waynes had a hand in killing uh, a descendant of Arkham, uh, yes, who is um, like Lafayette a vampire who is like a vampire in children's poems and stuff like that yeah and he looks just like the joker what's up with that mm, yeah and it has a joker laugh as well i'm sure we're gonna in fact they even called him laffy arkham get it like yeah. lafayette oh we're gonna sure. find out like like joker's like like an arkham love child or something oh and then naturally you know your name wasn't really Na- napier yeah you're a great long descendant of whatever which hey isn't that funny that means arkham is literally your castle and literally your home that you spend all this time in anyway it gets even crazier because joker seeks to imply here he says he found the joker in the cells of arkham implying that he wasn't like that until they sent him to arkham yeah what if there's like some crazy stuff it's like oh the the, the ghost of laffy arkham like possesses jack napier or something oh shit so it's not actually a split personality yeah it's, it's like it's like a demon or a ghost or something yeah that, I, that's very suited for an elseworlds yeah that that'd actually be pretty cool as well we also get to see edmund wayne the first wayne ever to come to gotham city and what's that he fights with a whip made of bat leather you don't say <laughs> yes yes uh, more waynes with the the bat fetish yeah as it were what are what are the odds of that <laughs> yeah but uh yeah this issue is based around uh joker finding a secret in uh, a hidden hidden passage behind his cell which is uh which leads to the well where lafayette arkham died mm-hmm. um and on top of that bruce has obviously at the end of uh white knight told gordon who he is and has uh, plans to out himself to the whole city yeah the whole city and uh dick is not very happy about that and for, for right reasons like he says like you do this you'll like ruin the wayne legacy and, it's, and also it's like, too if if people know who you are they're gonna be able to figure <laughs> out who the fuck i am too you're yeah. bored yeah. see I, I love that like batman doesn't like like he's got good reason for it but as well as like he don't give a fuck because like alfred's dead now it's just like well what have i got to lose yeah which is really fucked up but also a very interesting reading of his character is it not yeah it is it's really interesting and you feel like if Joker didn't break out again, he probably would have told people already. But it's like a well, you know, one last case, and then I'll do it. Yeah, and he's well, he's also wanting to tell people because he 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 got like basically embarrassed by the Joker. Like the Joker rubbed yeah. his mistakes in his face, and Batman hates that that happened. And to like combat that, he'll just get rid of the one thing the Joker has on him, which is his identity. It's, again, it's a very interesting reading, and it's the type of story you could really only do in an else world. Oh, yeah, totally. It is incredibly fascinating. And then, too, you throw in the extra dimension. We get the introduction of this universe's version of John Paul Valley, who, instead of being like a holy roller, is more like a messed up Vietnam vet. I, I really like that change. I think I think that change makes him better. Yeah, absolutely. It is a fun change, and... Uh, also, too, he's he's got a weird relationship with his church, but they're playing it to be like, it could just be a normal church, or it could be the crazy church that you know you don't know yet. Yeah, well, on top of that, like, on top of him, like, having, like, cancer and stuff and all that, he seems to also, like, 
have hallucinations and stuff and we don't know whether that's like because of like or like the doctor said like he was exposed to like agent orange and all that shit it, it could be just because of that but it also could be like maybe some divine intervention sort of thing it would be an interesting take for Azrael to be like, no, man, there is no Church of St. Dumont. You're just fucking crazy. Well, that's the thing. They 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 take Joker and like kind of put him in his origin as well because Joker is the one who gives him the, the sword. sword. Because as we learned, the sword is apparently John Paul Valley's like birthright. birthright because his, his last name Valley comes from Gotham Valley, apparently gotham valley and also to the crusader who we saw at the fight between edmund and uh Mm -hmm. what is it lafayette is wearing robes very similar to uh asriel which makes me think oh is this guy a crusader from the church of saint dumas because that's what they wore they were crusader knights Mm -hmm. yep which which begs the question well what did they want with the founding of gotham then and you know where are they now yeah so all this really interesting so i just love this idea that there's like this hidden history in this universe that like 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 bruce obviously finds like the diary of of his of his um ancestor and there's that sword that was hidden away in the in the foundations of arkham it's like all stuff like that's so cool it's a it's very scott snyder as people said all architecture and you know like secret histories which is like hey you know he didn't invent it he just did it really well the last couple years yeah and now sean murphy's doing it really well he is and he's writing and he's drawing Uh, i had a theory because they also bring back the idea where it's like look in the first uh story here they really pissed off like the power elite the rich one percenters of Mm -hmm. gotham who are reaping a ton of money from the batman industrial complex like every time he rolls in fuck shit up they make money off it yep my my theory is we're gonna find out like the hoity-toity one percenters are actually all part of the church of saint dumas too actually and that's how they're gonna bring it all together some type of illuminati or something that they're the secret Illuminati of Gotham who have been running things behind that, the scenes, and now this is why they wanted Azrael to go and fight Batman. Yeah, that'll be the thing. They'll like Batman just run his course. They'll they'll send Azrael to fight him and take his place, like in the Nightfall comic, um, yes. and take his place to again start causing more chaos to build up more money and everything. Yeah, that Joker, that'll actually be pretty cool. Because Joker also seemingly goes to the home of a woman who looks pretty well off and everything, but also seems to recognize him as well. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, is she in the church too? And did he know that from his time as Napier to be like, oh, they're actually part of this weird religious sect too? Yeah, well, yeah, that that part was weird because it didn't get any explanation. But yeah, I imagine she's like someone powerful because J- Joker mentions that he has like a really good story for her. And and he, this is after he collects the sword. So obviously he's, he's going to talk to her about it. Also, too, notice this Joker doesn't wear a suit. He dresses like Balky from Perfect Strangers. Yeah, yeah, or like like um, Mork from Mindy and Mork or something. That's right. It's more Robin Williams. He yeah. dresses like Robin Williams. And I'm like, that's fun because he's a comedian. So naturally, he dresses like that. He dressed like that or he dressed like Richard Belzer with like black turtlenecks and shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm interested to see if we'll ever see Jack Napier again. Because like at the end of the, the, the first book, it, it, it seeks to imply that he kind of died basically so it'll be interesting to see if he does come back i'm sure he'll come back and we'll have to see harley come back too because the big takeaway from the end of the original white knight was harley was the true white knight of that story yeah yeah like like she part of this whole order or something she's put everything into motion which would make sense if she had a lot of resources where she's like yeah i took money from the church of saint dumas to do it yeah 
Or, you know, or, like, I was secretly working for the Arkham family or something like that. There's something a lot of like places that. they could go. Yeah, lots of really cool, like, big conspiracies unraveling here. And it, it's all really cool. All stuff, like, that should be in a Batman book. Part of me is a little disappointed that Gordon Murphy said on Twitter where he's like, yeah, there's going to be less sociopolitical commentary this time. I'm like, oh, but that's what made me love the first one yeah. so much. I'm uh. like, well... I'm like, well, you know, if you want to do something different, it's, it's, it's good that a sequel should be different and yeah. not just retread the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, what's that thing they say in a 21 Jump Street? You know, just do the same but different. <laughs> I'm glad you're not just doing the same but different. I'm glad you're building on what you had. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, Curse of White Knight, good shit. It is. It's really good. And also, too, I'm remembering that, you know, I didn't even really fall in love with original White Knight until issue two anyway. So mm -hmm. maybe issue two is the one that's really going to knock our socks off. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. But uh, yeah, good, good shit overall. Yeah. What else did we have? Uh, the other new number one we had was, of course, Jane Foster Valkyrie issue number one. Yeah, this is continuation of what we saw in that Omega issue of War of the Realms with her uh, gaining the Warthor, which is wasn't really a hammer. It was like a different type of weapon that changed into a bracer that allowed it's, her to it, become a Valkyrie. They call it the All Weapon now. They give it a yeah. Norse name, too, but I can't fucking pronounce that <laughs> shit. Hergen to Hergen, Virgin, also known <laughs> that, as the All Weapon. That's exactly it, yes. <laughs> Passed down by the great Swedish chef. <laughs> the greatest of all Norse heroes. <laughs> uh, it is cool where it's like, okay, we just can't do Jane Foster as Thor again, but also people were really bored by Valkyrie for all the time that she existed, so how do we make it different? And giving her this cool signature weapon that changes into whatever she needs it to be is pretty slick. Yeah, and for, for the most part, it changes into like a like a mace sort of thing that can also shoot like bolos, and it's really cool. She ends up fighting, uh, re uh, what's his name, Red Streak? Uh, Blue, Blue Streak. Streak. Blue Streak and, and his gang. Uh, all who the have, Fast Five. Yeah, the Fast Five, all Gold Rush, Silver Streak, all these people uh, who are stealing weapon shipments left over from the War of the Realms, and one of the weapons they steal is Dragon Fang. Which is Broomhilda's famous sword that can increase the user, the wielder's uh, physical prowess tenfold. Yeah, yeah. It also ups their weapon stats, like to plus ten on weapon proficiency. It's it, it's an orange weapon, man. You know, it's a very <laughs> rare drop. You got to run several raids in War of Realms if you want to get the Dragon Fang, and you, and you just know they're gonna nerf it in the next update too. So, like, really get it while you can. Yeah, yeah, and. That ends up being st stolen by someone we don't know who yet because they end up killing, uh, who stole it? Gold Rush, uh, Gold Rush, yeah. who, who made off with it. They end up killing him and taking it, and it seeks to imply that the employer hired the fast the the Gold Rush and those people to steal it, but then also hired this other person as well. Right to, for another job to kill a god, basically, because Dragon yeah. Fang is a god killer sword. Yeah, and we learn that Jane isn't; she's not really balancing her life properly. With no, being... although I do, I do love that they're forcing her to have a day job, though, because she mm -hmm. didn't have that when she was Thor. She worked on the Council of Realms, but didn't have to worry about like making rent and keeping a day job. That's so what she I'm really have the looking for. Excuse anymore. That's what I'm really looking for to about this book they have to find that balance where she's sometimes there's going to be issues where she's just like working in the hospital well at this point she's actually in the morgue now because she's been demoted yeah her, her head doctor is sick of her shit 
Yeah, which, honestly, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, you can't keep making up excuses. Even Jane admits where it's like, yeah, I, I kind of been fucking up. All right, you don't trust me with the live people anymore. I guess I'll work with the dead now. Yes. Which, hey, that's that's good irony, too, because she is a Valkyrie who takes care of the souls of mm-hmm. the dead and takes them to the other side. Now she's literally working with the dead in her day job. Yeah, and, and that allows her to find out that Gold Rush was killed with the weapon, and that's how she finds out it was Dragonfang. Mm-hmm. and she ends up going to see Brunhilde, who is in the Asgardian Hall of the Dead. Uh, since she's dead, she's, like, you know, boozing it up with everyone up in there. Uh, and in fight and having a great time. Yeah, yeah, and then tells her the sword's missing, and Brunhilde's like, ah, it's okay, you'll find it eventually. Yeah, I also like, too, where it's like, look, you know, before you were a god and you had this great power trip being valkyrie is not like that it's a job <laughs> it's nine to five it's it's hard it is a nine to five job it's almost as much power but way more responsibility and i'm like cool good job differentiating how this is just different than her being thor i like they do that and also too hey they mentioned annabelle riggs mm-hmm. now i mentioned this character before matt do you know why she's important yeah well she used to be part of valkyrie she was on the asgardians of the galaxy Yes, they shared the same body, even all the way back in Fearless Defenders when mm-hmm. that first happened. But yes, they share a body. And now it's like, okay, so Broomhilda's dead, but Annabelle Riggs is still alive? All right. Yeah, yeah. They did some of that through War of the Realms as well. Through I think the Asgardians of the Galaxy tie-ins where like mm. she died and they'd, they'd been separated and they had to go to Valhalla to get Annabelle interesting here's my thing now that jane is the only valkyrie does that mean she'll be the only valkyrie forever or can jane start deputizing other valkyries yeah that'd be cool yeah because she's kind of like head valkyrie at the moment so does she have that power to bestow it onto other people we've already seen how the ceremony works in that thing it's basically like hey say the words say the name and you will be worthy of valkyrie should you want this because i think there's a lot of like forgotten female characters who i would really love to see get upgraded to full-time valkyrie yeah there's so many characters you could do that with and you can make like a like a another valkyrie core like a valkyrie army sort of thing that would be sweet i think that's a very interesting place for them to take that book jane deputizing other people to become valkyries yeah well as well in this issue she does deputize someone and that someone is heimdall to help her find the sword yes again because he's good at finding things yes and this is where we also found find out that jane also has kind of similar powers to heimdall in that she can see uh, people's fates people's deaths and they're they're like these little glowing orbs and the bigger the orb is the closer the person is to death and that's why heimdall has one the size of a fucking moon behind him because bullseye is coming to kill him riding a fucking horse yeah bullseye is the one who ended up stealing dragon fang and who better else to have a weapon that like buffs your stats <laughs> Again, as they said, it, you know, ups your fighting prowess tenfold. And it's like, well, Bullseye's already been established to be one of the most <laughs> deadly mortals in the entire universe. So, yeah, give him a magic sword and his own goddamn Pegasus. And, like, all right, this this is a problem, Jane. You need to deal with this. This is a serious problem. Not only that, that allows him to be pitted against, like, Valkyrie. Like, because if you just took bullseye as he is and pit him against valkyrie valkyrie will win she's faster stronger she'll be yeah what's he gonna do throw a playing card at her (laughs) (laughs) but yeah now you give him a a magical weapon that like makes him tantamount to a god you got a problem 
I, I would not have uh, set her up against Bullseye on her first mission, but I like that a ton because you get to learn about Valkyrie artifacts and you get to set her up against a cool villain. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that's that's going to be a trend with this. That she gets to fight like villains like who have become magically expect. magically empowered as well. That would be a nice touch because, you know, it's like, all right, and then, you know, maybe start building some villains of your own. But, yes, I really like that idea. Hey, who's Dario Agar fighting anymore? I think that, that Dario Agar went to jail, didn't he, at the end of War of Realms? I feel like I, they glossed over his story pretty quickly. Yeah, he got, like, arrested by, like, Ross Solomon and the agents of Wakanda. And may, maybe he's in, like, a Wakandan gulag or something. Because, hmm. really, when you break it down, Dario was more her enemy than mm-hmm. Thor's enemy. Yep. So I'd like to see them kind of have it out again, because I feel like, yeah, he was more a villain of her era in Thor. Yeah. Which I'm sure if Jason Aaron keeps co-writing, that'll happen. Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't know how long he's going to be co-writing for. I think this first arc for sure, and then he says it's going to be his final word, then assumedly Al Ewing will take over, and hey, that's fine too. He's killing it on the Hulk at the moment. Yeah, I always had a feeling Jason Aaron would stay on for like the first arc, get everything set up, and then just go say goodbye to that character and then go say goodbye to like king thor yeah which hey if al ewing continues to write does that mean we can get an immortal hulk valkyrie crossover because that'd be pretty great that would be awesome be like hey you are a truly terrifying monster and also you can't die and i ferry souls to the afterlife what if you needed to get to the afterlife really bet what if i bring you yeah oh that'd be really cool I think there's some connective tissue there. Again, I'm not as good a writer as Al Ewing, but don't be shocked if he finds that connective tissue at some point. Writers often do that if they're writing multiple books, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, absolutely. And again, even with characters you wouldn't expect, you get little crossovers because the person just happened to be writing both. Yeah. But yeah, Valkyrie, recommended. Good shit. I didn't read that Loki book, but I wanted to check it out. It looked cool. It, it was pretty cool. It was basically Loki saying, nah, I don't want this god shit. I'm going to go gamble in, in New York. And Thor having to like remind him that, no, you've got like you've got a duty now, just like I do. You need to You're do this. And, and, and Nightmare attacked the realm. So, yeah. Nightmare getting a big old push recently, yeah. isn't he? Well, he's in that new Doctor Strange film, so. Certainly helps. Cool design for a villain. Yeah. Man, did you think there'd ever be a time when it's like, look, this Thor book is so good, it's going to spin off all these other Thor books and a Punisher <laughs> miniseries where he yeah. goes and fights Thor shit? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think it w- would do that, but I'm so glad it is. I, uh, I'm all for more like Thor-related stuff. Between this and Ragnarok and Love and Thunder, is this the best time to be a Thor fan in history? Yeah, pretty pretty much, yeah. I can't, I think, think, of, I can't think of another time where he was like this popular. Like, we loved the Straczynski era, but really only, you know, kind of like half. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the Simonson era, which people love, but I don't even think it was this big during the Simonson era that it, like, spun no. off all these other books. No, it wasn't. Definitely yeah, not. But, but yeah, man, what a what a good time if you're a Thor fan. Ooh, another thing, too, about Valkyrie before I forget. The whole thing, too, about her having a secret identity. I wish I mentioned this in my review. It reminds me a ton of the Donald Blake setup, which we don't get anymore because yeah. Thor is Thor 24-7 now. People forget, in the beginning, he also juggled a secret identity and a human life. Yeah, I think it would be cool if, like, Donald Blake does make it a, like, a comeback. Like, like Thor's like, oh, I'm king now. If I go to Earth, it's going to cause, like, problems. I'll, I'll go as Donald Blake people work that who that be. is 
that would be really clever for him to resurrect that character for that reason. Where it's like, look, anywhere I go, I could start an international incident if I yeah. come as th- uh, King Thor, all father of Asgard. But Dr. Donald Blake can just do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, or he uses, like, Donald Blake as, like, a way to become a different hero to be able to go and do stuff because like as you said as a king if he goes and actually like like fights some villain or something that could cause an international incident but if he does it as like donald blake as a, as a different type of hero you might not be able to do that did they ever ex- i'm sure they have because thor has been retconned and restarted so many times whatever became of the donald blake part of himself because like before it was like donald blake regular guy picks up the hammer becomes thor but wait thor is also a guy who just kind of occupies his body because his dad is punishing him then they had a couple ragnaroks and then they explained well actually no you were always thor your dad odin just tricked you into thinking you were donald blake to punish you for being an asshole i don't know but donald what what actually happened with him Again, there's been so many, like, retcons and Ragnaroks and, like, you know, the Asgardian pantheon dies but is reborn again. I want to say, didn't didn't they write him a happy ending at some point? Because it's like D- Donald Blake had, like, friends and family and shit. Yeah, I, I'm looking at his wiki now. Apparently, like, he got his head cut off, like Do- Donald Blake did, and, like, the head was taken to Asgardia or something, and like right. was giving was like put in like a dream state to live like his best life or something right weird, i remember weird they, shit weird shit right the, which thor really is but yes i remember they gave him like some sort of dream dimension send-off where it's like look he's here if we need him but also we're not going to talk about him anymore because we want to run with thor as his own entity yes bring him back i want i just want him back just because he has the umbrella that turns into the to the hammer the hammer and also just because, too, you, like, Jason Aaron brought back every other weird part of Thor's history. Yeah. Fucking bring back Donald Blake. Yeah, I am actually surprised he didn't bring it back in, in some way. Like, like you know, like something like Unworthy Thor or something like Thor remembering how he was Donald Blake and stuff like that. There's two things uh, that Jason Aaron never brought back. He never brought back Donald Blake and he never brought back Thunderstrike. No, you're, yeah, no, he didn't. Yet, yet Which, we have, like, the, the Son of Thunderstrike in As Guardians of the Galaxy. I can't blame you for not bringing back Eric Masterson, because Eric Masterson fucking sucks, so I, <laughs> and is super 90s and dated, so I understand you not wanting to bring him back for any reason. Actually, no, that's not true. Uh, the Thor core in Secret Empire, or no, not Secret Empire, uh, Secret Wars, when it was all the different Thors all on a big team in Doom World, I'm pretty sure Eric Masterson was there. <laughs> I mean, Christ, the ultimate Thor got referenced and mentioned before uh, Eric Masterson ever got mentioned. Yeah, no one likes Eric Masterson. No one likes him and no one likes fate. (laughs) Oh, fate. Uh, We'll get to fate later. (laughs) But uh, yeah, uh, Valkyrie, uh, Jane Foster, off to a really good start, although I'm sure you'll notice what I noticed, Matt, and I mentioned this on Twitter. Boy... Boy, a lot of people are super opinionated now about the line of succession for Valkyrie and her rich comic history who weren't before. Yeah, who? How dare a woman become Valkyrie? I mean... I know, right? <laughs> it's shocking. Keep, 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 keep the character... Politics, yeah, yeah, keep the character consistent, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep your politics off my book about a warrior woman by putting a woman into it. <laughs> also, also, too, you know, I, I, I bet you a hundred bison dollars... 
at some point, uh, the same people who are all pissed about this now also said during the Mighty Thor era, it's like, well, you know what? Why can't Jane be an original character or the new Valkyrie? Well. <laughs> yeah, now she is just like, oh, that's not what I wanted. It happened now, not back then. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, count. Yeah, not when I... Yeah, it didn't happen when I was mad. It happened now, which makes me mad because I live in a constant <laughs> state of mad. Also, too, you know, I, I one thing that I thought I would see that I did not see is more people being like, oh, I wish they ran with the Tessa Thompson Valkyrie a little bit more. They tried to in Exiles, but not near enough people were buying that book. And also, that character still exists just in another universe. Yeah, yeah, that character isn't this main universe's Valkyrie. Which, hey, you could still do that, though. Al Ewing's a guy who loves continuity, so maybe Jane should meet that Valkyrie. And hey, Tessa Thompson Valkyrie, would you like to join my new Valkyrie Corps? <laughs> would you like to hang out? I think it would be cool if we hang out. Hey, Elsa Bloodstone, you can't hold a book even though you're fucking super awesome. How would you like Valkyrie powers? You can keep the shotgun. <laughs> yeah, it'd just be like magical and no all shotgun. Heck, just bring back the fearless defenders. Just bring back all the... Hey, Misty Knight, you're not doing anything right now. Want to be a Valkyrie? Didn't they bring that back recently? Isn't there a book out called Fearless at the moment? Yeah. Yeah, but it's not the fearless defenders, though. Oh, really? I, I didn't pick it up because I, I, I didn't hear anything about it. No, neither did I. It surprised me, too, when I saw it on the shelf. I'm like, oh, that looks like something I would probably pick up when I've got too much. Yeah. I got first world comic book YouTuber problems. There's too many books. <laughs> Won't someone just read some of these books and summarize them to me and I'll record them? <laughs> no, that'd be cheating. I wouldn't want to do that. I, I, You know I've gotten too lazy if I start doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, I'll, I'll read books I even don't like. <laughs> just to keep it going. But uh, yeah, that was all the new number ones this week. And yeah, they were all pretty solid, I gotta say. Not a, not a bad one in the bunch. Yeah, they're all really damn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else did you want to talk about, Matt? Um, well, you mentioned bad books. We didn't get to talk about it last week. Let's talk about Batman 75. Uh, oh, yeah, the first part of uh, City of <laughs> I like Man. how you've completely forgotten it by now. <laughs> just, just wiped it from my mind. And here's the thing. I didn't even hate this one. This one was, like, almost so bad it was good because it's so fucking insane. It, w- what is even happening? I tell you. <laughs> uh riddler and joker are cops they're detectives in a city that is now fully run by villains which the people are totally okay with and yeah they're just pe- totally pe- fine people are just going to work doing their thing yeah. you know every now and then they'll get accosted by like professor pig but everyone seems Dressed totally co- totally cool with it well matt you see you know, as we've learned from this year in human history people can get used to anything horrible <laughs> <laughs> they're just like look just just watching my twitter oh yeah there goes two-face dressed as a cop shooting people again oh well yeah yeah all the all the other heroes of the dc universe are apparently being held at the border of gotham by gotham girl alone yes uh, which... well and also bane will kill alfred if uh they oh come in. oh oh what what a shame oh that but then but alfred says that he came into town to to meet thomas so that implies that he was out of town when this happened and came in to meet them also too we've jumped ahead an an, an unknown amount of time only referred to as later from the end of batman's fight with his dad in the desert to now where his dad and gotham girl are batman and robin of this yeah so it could be anywhere from a month to a year to 10 years who the fuck knows yeah it's later matt yeah you don't need to know except when you do (laughs) 
Also, I'm an Eisner Award winner, Matt. I won an Eisner for this and, like, several other books we lumped together. But, hey, shut up. City of Bane. <laughs> it's so bad. It's it's just so bad. Like, it, it's just so it's confusing. Bad. It's not, like, boring bad. At least it's just, like, all right, what the fuck is he going to do next? Yeah, but, like, none of like, makes sense. Like, yeah, you can do a story where Bane takes over the city and and everything but you've got to like show that none of that has been showed like he, he just he just takes it over he just well, takes it over the, i think the idea is this is what i gleaned no other it. villain no other heroes or villains or anything stopped him bane took over arkham asylum yeah, somehow th- some way that we've never seen i was, I was kind of okay with that like I, okay i get it that that happens i the, it, every villain has taken over arkham asylum Again, there's just sub-basements where you can just take yep. over and have private parties, even though Bane doesn't regularly go to Arkham Asylum, but he took it over. And from there, he used the Psycho Pirate to use his powers to manipulate people's emotions, to manipulate the villains who were prisoners there, into working for him and against themselves. But we never see that happen, so he was doing that in the background for what had to have been months to years to oh, properly yeah, yeah. get everyone under control. And also, they're still running around and doing shit, but they don't know that Bane is secretly controlling them. But he's secretly controlling them. Yeah, this yeah this comes off the bat of Bane doing everything, including crashing that yes. plane that Batman saved with Gotham and Gotham Girl to get them to meet in order to have Gotham die, Gotham Girl go insane... Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and, and, and then that- die again but then come back to life because but with no powers but now she has powers and those powers don't somehow kill her now even though that's what we've set up also this doesn't answer the biggest hanging question okay so bane is behind it all and he's only behind it all because the psycho pirate you know or is controlling people's minds for him why is the psycho pirate doing this and how is bane able to control the psycho pirate what's stopping the psycho pirate from using these powers on bane yeah what nothing (laughs) nothing at all geez it's like you didn't think this story through or something no none of it was thought through this is like 75 issues none of this was actually thought out by the looks of it I couldn't believe people who are like oh look it all comes people on twitter who are like oh look it all comes together it all connects no, it fucking does. No, are you fucking high or something? <laughs> you could pick up from volume two, where the psycho pirate is first introduced and Bane is first introduced in the whole, you know, I am suicide thing. You could jump right from there to issue 50 and literally nothing would have changed. No, you, you nothing would have changed at all. Nothing. You w- would have felt exactly the same. But that doesn't matter, Matt, because Batman and Catwoman are back together again. The greatest romance of our time. Again, that doesn't make any sense. So Bruce went he's somehow in the snow now um he's in the himalayas looking for a ninja master looking for an and then these people like who are working for catwoman knew he was going to be there well catwoman knew he was going there and they beat him up well i thought they were working for magpie not catwoman oh they were i i see i don't even fucking know like they they mentioned magpie once yeah but then they but then then catwoman shows up after they talk about how so they're gonna sell something to bane and then catwoman shows up to like help him it doesn't it's so fucking weird how, how did she know he was there yeah exactly why is she helping him she didn't really seem to give a shit about him until now love matt love led her home the it's greatest love the- story ever that's what i've seen people read i'm like what the fuck are you smoking 
the truly hilarious thing is we watched that Hush movie and we didn't think it yeah. was great, but I but I actually thought the Batman Catwoman romance was way better handled in that Hush it was movie more than it has out. been in seventy five issues. <laughs> it was more fleshed out, which is hard to fucking believe. They say they say more than two words to each other. Isn't that nice? Yeah, like when they talk, you know. Yeah, the, also, goddamn this issue. <laughs> it also gets really fucking weird because in solicitations. For like uh like issue eighty three or whatever, we see Bane wrecking up the city, but we also see Thomas Wayne puppeteering Bane. God, are we gonna get? Are we gonna get like the the twist that everyone will will say is amazing, and that is like Thomas Wayne has been manipulating him this whole time. Like, if if that happens, I will feel myself flushing a comic down the toilet. I tell you, <laughs> God damn it! If that happens, like like one of those guys. Also, too, Thomas Wayne. <laughs> how the fuck did you get here? Why is no one asking how you're here? <laughs> Why is no one asking who this Batman is? Because it's clearly not Bruce. That too. Why is no one asking that? Furthermore, hey, the ventriloquist has seen your face and knows that you're Thomas Wayne. Should that not also mean he should know that Batman but is then Bruce Wayne now? Also, the ventriloquist is like being hypnotized or something because he looks at like those Batman, those Batcave screens, and they like turn into like the the hypnotism circle. It's like, is that like, is that meant to mean something? <laughs> Also, the ventriloquist apparently has new powers of suggestion now, according to Tom King, so he's Purple Man, even though he wasn't before. God damn it. God damn it. This story, man. This is part one as well, and this goes until issue 85, so this is like ten, 10 parts. This is Eisner his final story. Eisner award-winning series. God damn it. And, and apparently there's, I think, coming this week, there's a tie-in, uh, some secret files tie-in. I don't know who's writing it. Uh, it might be tom king if it's someone else it will probably be pretty good because it will try to explain stuff that tom king will just like completely ignore you know i I don't want to make this the pile on tom king cast but did you see in san diego comic-con someone asked him about the reception of heroes in crisis it's like yeah people really hated it it was the most hated story of the year but i loved it though we did exactly what we wanted to do yeah uh, like oh my god Oh my god! Right, you're not gonna take you know criticism. You just got to say no. It was good. I liked it. Because of course, you it's, liked it. You wrote it. You're not a it, you're not an unbiased audience. No, <laughs> it's the most pivot and deflect thing I've ever gotten for criticism. People hated it. It was the most hated story of the year. But I loved it. I got to do exactly what I wanted. Well, good for you, Tom. I'm glad you're happy. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad the the one audience you you seem to like is happy. Is, it's nice to know that you probably go into that with everything but will this story make me happy though yeah which, again i know it's good that I know he's, for artists it's good he's writing books for himself yeah for an no. audience of one yeah and yes i know artists on some know you do have to do it for yourself but also to you are writing for people and yes that is the tightrope that all creatives walk you know but i like to think a lot most creators are like okay one for you one for me yeah and, and as well most creators are actually actually start out as fans they don't write characters that they clearly very much hate don't like and you know take every opportunity it's like and now he's gonna get jumped by two bums yeah and and these two bums are gonna like kill him because why because fuck him that's and this woman character who i've got major problems with will somehow save him because reasons because because reasons also too to say yet people hated it, it was the worst of the year thank you for this eisner award for all these books i've done this year including the one i know you hated 
just just to kind of make you lose a little faith in the eyes nearest where it's like look everyone hated this one all the fans hated it but it was already preordained that i was gonna win this for the books oh, I yeah. did this year and all and also too we'll also put like yeah but he did mr miracle too yeah and that's good but then he also had like the worst event of the year too so shouldn't these like cancel each other out exactly exactly the answer is no no apparently not but enough of Batman. I'm just oh, Batman. <laughs> uh, did you read Action Comics this week? Uh, yeah, I just read it before we started. Yeah, so continuation of that that Thorn and Rose story, which is pretty cool. It's doing a bit more work than than Levi- the event Leviathan series is doing at answering Leviathan stuff. If you can call it that, I I just finished it. And I thought it was a fucking boring slog. <laughs> I I could not believe. You know what it feels like? Bendis is like, okay, I've got three issues of actual story for Leviathan, and I got a six-issue event comic. Oh, and I gotta keep writing for action. How can I stretch these three issues over all of this story? Very thinly is how I'll do it. <laughs> I'll, I'll pat it out with, like, Perry yelling at Robinson for reasons. Yeah. Also, how many times is Superman going to learn, hey, you know, I don't think these spy agencies died. I just think they got disappeared. You've learned that in three issues. Do something about it. Yeah, he, he, he learned that, like, like pretty much the first time he, like, fought that, that thing and he, like, he, he witnessed the explosion in slow-mo. Like, he realized that, oh, they're, 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 uh, they're, they're, they're disappearing people away. And it's like, okay, I better tell Perry, ah, do it in a couple of weeks. I'll do it in a couple. Wow, just Jesus Christ! <laughs> I, I I did like like um the the investigation stuff within that. Like I like that 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 Robinson is actually getting some character. Like like she's not just like a background character that pops in every now and then. See, to me, it's like it's just so little too late. They even tease at the end of this one, Luther being like, oh, I know the secret of your powers and your origin. I'm like, it's fucking 13 issues over a year later. If I, I've stopped caring what Robinson Good's deal is. Like, she could be a great character, but I literally stopped caring a year ago. Hey, this this could throw a spanner into that that woman that the own woman like now she's got her full power back why does red cloud need to be with her now that she's fully powered she could take her down and i, I i'm interested to see what he's going to do with that especially like that like that the issue before it like did that whole thing where like oh is superman and the cops like turning a blind eye to thorn just because she does what she does and is good at it like i hope they continue that sort of stuff the police corruption with vigilantes and all that sort of stuff the one thing I enjoyed is, uh, it's like the most minor thing. It's that because we're still in the whole year of the villain thing, so we gotta stop to have Luthor make his deals with people and everything. I thought it was funny that he asked Leone, and Leone's like, no, fuck you. I'm the invisible mob. That's not invisible. I'm gonna take my whole house and go home now. And Luthor's like, well, fuck, I guess I'll ask Red Cloud. Then, hey, Red Cloud, do you want to do... I've already asked Lois to do it, too. Like, literally, <laughs> I, I, I'm doing this Legion of Doom stuff, but I really hate Superman, so I'm making deals to multiple <laughs> Superman people. Yeah, yeah. I, I do like, like, every other hero gets one. Yeah, yeah, everyone gets one, except Superman gets, like, half his family and, like, most of his enemies. <laughs> Like, next, I just assume Luther going to people on the street. Hey, you know who I really fucking hate? That's Superman. You want, like, five grand to go fuck with Superman? I, I want to see him, like, do go to... It would be really cool if he went to someone like Bibbo and, like, ah. like, like, like corrupted Bibbo or something. Because Bibbo is, like, like, the ultimate Superman fan. And it's, yeah, like, really. just does something just to, like, fuck with Bibbo. 
That's okay. We'll get the Bibbo who laughs. We'll get infected Bibbo. <laughs> He's part of the Secret Six. <laughs> oh, see, we joke about that, but that'd actually be pretty fucking sick. That actually. would be pretty cool, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, Bibbo's one of, like, the nicest, most good-hearted people in the DC universe, so inverse that, and what does that become? Yeah, probably one of the worst people ever. <laughs> Yeah, really. Like, instead of saving puppies from drowning, Bibbo drowns puppies. <laughs> Did you actually see in the solicitations, we've seen some of the infected variants. So there's the Shazam who laughs, the Hawkman who laughs is mm-hmm. going to be one. Yeah, Supergirl. Supergirl gets inverted. That's kind of cool. Yeah, there's some really cool... So I'm wondering if, like, this that is the makeup of that Secret Six team. Probably. Yeah, the Shazam. So, yeah, it's, it's a pretty stacked team. So we got at least three more. Yeah, I imagine Batman Who Laughs will be on that. Right, there you go. So that's that's four, four of six. Yeah. I like them using characters who don't normally get spotlights. Yeah, yeah. They, and yeah, they're actually allowed to use like like Shazam. Like for all, since his like bring back, he's basically just been relegated to like his own little universe in his book and like a panel in Doomsday Clock. So like yeah. it's nice to have him back in the actual universe. It'd be fun, too, if the whole, like, evil-infected Secret Six thing becomes a deal. I want Gail Simone to write a one-shot where the old Secret Six has to fight the new Secret Six. Do we know if, like, the Secret... If they're actually going to be the Secret Six, or that they're just calling them that because they're, like... There's six people here, and they're all infected, but you don't know which ones they are because it's a secret. I think it's both. It's to do a little fun callback reference, but also because they're six secret-infected people. Yeah. But still, I just want to see that crossover, especially because, like, the Secret Six are, like, kind of comedy characters who know their limitations. So they would see, like, infected Hawkman and infected Shazam be like, fuck this shit, we're going home. (laughs) This is above our pay grade. Yeah, just let the Justice League deal with that. Yeah, really. So out of our elements. Uh, (laughs) What else did we have this week to, uh, ooh, I had uh, Amazing Spider-Man 26. I just caught up to this issue. This is fun. I like we have a new Sinister group. It's the Sinister Syndicate, and it's run like a 401k Google business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, and, you know, here's uh, here's our ergonomic break room, and, you know, we're doing all sorts of TED Talks from, you know, really empowered female villains from jail. We got Black Mariah uh, uh, conferencing in and Morgan Le Fay. And, oh, here's our daycare, too, because we think even mothers should be allowed to be super villains. <laughs> It's really good shit, and I'm like, oh, Nick Spencer, you're really funny. People forget you're funny. Yeah, no, but he made Captain America a Nazi, so he's evil. So he's never allowed to be funny ever again, even though he cut his teeth being really fucking funny. (laughs) And, like, actually getting, like, a lot of good use out of deep-cut characters. So we get Carolyn Trainer, daughter of the pink-haired 95 Lady Octopus, back as a new Lady Octopus, and kind of looking like the Lady Octopus from Spider-Verse. Of course, of course. That's fine. My favorite uh, invention is actually one he invented for this series, and that is the Trapsta, the female <laughs> hipster version of Trapster, who is already way cooler than Pastepot Pete could ever hope to be. And I just remembered, oh yeah, he invented her for a free comic book day issue. Oh, nice. So she actually existed before, and now she's here on the team. And I'm like, I, I love Trapsta so much. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm dropping the E or the A yet, but I'm dropping something. Uh, I love that. Also, too, the fact that this issue is almost more about Boomerang and him actually trying to be a good guy and how his friendship with Peter Parker has made him, like, feed the homeless and shit. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if, like, he's ever going to find out that Peter is Spider-Man. 
I feel he has to. I feel that's going to be like the big denouement of this series where Spider-Man has to eventually reveal like, hey, Fred, I'm Spider-Man. Yeah, well, I, I, I feel like maybe Kindred might use that. Like, mm. maybe like you, because they're, they're like friends basically now and they could use yeah. that to like ruin that relationship because that's what that guy's deal is. He wants to ruin all of Peter's relationships. So it's just him and Peter. Right. I also love the fact, too, that Nick Spencer has found all this common ground between Fred Myers and Peter Parker, where it's like, in costume, they couldn't be more different because Spider-Man is great and Boomerang is lame, yeah. but out of costume, they actually have so much in common. They're basically the same person. <laughs> They're basically the same person, which is why Superior Foes was so good, because Fred Myers is just shitty Peter Parker. <laughs> and the fact that he's still a minor celebrity after Secret Empire and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's really good stuff. Aunt May starting the feast initiative again. I thought that oh, was nice. Cool. Yeah, yeah. She she oh. was setting that up with uh, Robbie, wasn't she? Yeah, only for the building to get destroyed again. Oh, no. Like goddamn, this this building gets put through a lot. <laughs> this poor poor building. <laughs> it's great too that for once the Sinister Syndicate actually has nothing to do with Peter and has nothing to do with Spider Man. They showed up to kill Boomerang. Oh, that's cool. It is. I'm like, this is great. This is boomerang luck. Literally, his shit is coming back to him and hitting Peter. <laughs> but yeah, they're a, they're a fun group. It's good stuff. I I like what Nick Spencer is doing. I like that it's funny again. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I like to read a funny Spider-Man book, and it's basically just a sequel to Superior Foes, which was like one of my favorite things ever. So yeah, I, I like what Spencer's been doing. Where like we'll get like like an arc or an arc and a half that's like really funny and like still like keeps the story chugging along then we'll get something like hunted where it's like quite serious and like like shows like he can write like serious drama stuff and then we'll go back to like funny stuff it's good like like uh, like um uh rotation yeah good good counter programming he's good at that kind of thing yeah but yeah so that was spider-man 26 good shit really enjoyed it cool i had uh the flash issue 75 oh yeah yeah we're still chugging along with year one aren't we this was the finale of that Ooh. yeah so, so it was a good five issues uh of the finale again flash at the end of last issue has to contend with not just the turtle but also the future turtle who has come back in time to aid his past self into taking over the world right and, right you were telling so me. peter has to do uh, like the the future flash also comes back because he was the turtle's um prisoner and and he, he's been telling flash like you got to run away from this you can't do anything but uh barry's basically not nah, not gonna run away from this anymore because my hero iris west isn't going to run away so why should i mm. so he ends up fighting the villain and unlocking like basically the speed force like because he did it did it inadvertently in the first issue of the run and now he's figured out how to do it so he uses right. he uses basically a speed force punch to destroy uh the turtle and everything and because he didn't run away and because he did that the turtle from the future and that future where there's an old flash and the future's been taken over by the turtle fades away so that's oh. not a future anymore and have, uh, have they explained anything with old man captain cold because it looks like that's who he's fighting for villains month uh kinda kinda i'm i'm getting there um no. so yeah at the end of this issue like flash is 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 celebrated in the city's flash day and all that stuff and then barry gets pulled from because this is all a dream um oh. co uh, conjured up by a villain oh not a villain at least i don't think it's a villain uh called steadfast who is the new avatar of the still force 
Oh, and shit. He, Which, good name for an avatar of the still forest yeah, steadfast. He wanted to show Barry the past that he apparently forgot because time on Earth has been manipulated. Mm. Again, more probably more Doomsday Clock stuff, hopefully. By Dr. Manhattan, we don't know. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, we don't. Perpetua, maybe, I don't know. Um, so he, one of them. It was one of them. Bane did it. He he tells Barry that like he wants to use the Still Force for good now, and he wants Barry to be ready for what's coming because he needs he needs to basically upgrade his powers, and he does that by rebuilding the Flash Museum and telling Ca- Commander Cold, the one from the future, that he right. needs uh, his help to get gather allies for all and all his threats that are coming. So he needs to gather up all the people who now are the embodiments of all the other forces. And nice. then at the end we get basically like, it's like the tacked on part for the, um, uh, the offer, uh, which yeah, is, yeah, which yeah. is the original captain cold, uh, who's in prison and he's, he's got a big beard, big Santa beard. Now I um, saw that. Yeah. He's basically just been running missions for the suicide squad. He's like the, ori- the, the last original member of the suicide squad. So he's basically running missions on his own now because <laughs> everyone else has either been like killed or like snake bite was in there. And he ran off with what was clearly the Necronomicon from evil dead and his head, uh-huh. his head blew up. Um, I wonder how, uh, what is it? Boomerang feels. Cause it's like, Hey motherfucker, I'm a flash villain and I've been on the suicide squad way <laughs> longer than you. <laughs> well, apparently he's the only one now and he's just oh. like been running missions for, for uh, Amanda Waller and like everyone hates him because they see him as a traitor because he won't do anything to like get out of it. He'll just like keep his head down and keep 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 on doing it. Uh, Very but yeah, snart. Um, Lex frees him from Bell Rev and says, "I'll give you what you want, which is the Flash, and I'll give you something else, which is the Rogues." Mm, so they're, they're setting up the Rogues. Cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a damn good book, and it's like perfect time to jump on now. With that, yeah, year, with really, that year really one story, because that's like the the origin of the of this Flash. Yeah, I really do got to hop in on that because everything you tell me about it sounds great. And the com- upcoming stories are like not something people should be sleeping on. We're getting stories about the Speed Force dying and like hyper time falling apart and stuff like that. Like yeah. that's not stuff you should be sleeping on. That sounds really important. Yeah, but it never is. It never goddamn is with this book. Yeah. I don't know why they're, they just keep ignoring it. The Flash occupies such a weird place in DC. It does. It really does. I think it'd be They'd, more popular because of like the TV show. You'd think his stories are these big epics that people only ever really seem to discover after the fact. Yeah. Or, yeah. Years after the fact. Or when the and TV you know, show also, does them. It's also a book too where great writers cut their teeth like uh, Mark Wade and Jeff Johns and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Joshua Williamson will be that kind of writer, too, where it's like, well, he cut his teeth on this book, and now he's the architect of the next big, great thing. He's doing Batman Superman. Yes, yes, he is, which I'm very excited about, which makes me want to read The Flash even more, because I'm like, I bet he's going to reference some shit he did before. Oh, he's definitely going to do it. And also, too, he's like the last person to stick around on his book from DC Rebirth onwards. Yeah, he's like the last, last, last one. I can't think of any... Tom King, Him and King uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but King's run is ending. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Soon he'll. I wonder if like maybe with this Batman vs. Super, uh, Batman Superman book, whether we'll get the end of Joshua Williamson's Flash. Yeah, who knows? Because I don't know. I don't know whether they'll leave him with two books. That's true. Well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, I had Justice League Dark this week. Oh, how was that? 
not as great as it's been actually yeah. because it's basically it's it's an anthology of three stories and two of the one of them is the year of the villain offer thing and the other two are literally origin stories that you should probably already know if you're reading a book called Justice League Dark. <laughs> They give you the origin of Nabu and Doctor Fate, which is basically unchanged from the Golden Age. Okay, so yeah, it's they just like printed out a page of like the the DC wiki. <laughs> it might as well be. I mean, I guess they recontextualized a little because it's like uh, <clears throat> Kent Nelson telling Wonder Woman this story years after the fact. Okay. So he's like, look, yeah, you know, me and my dad, we were on an expedition in Egypt, and I turned to crank and ended up killing my dad with poison gas, but then Nabu <laughs> took me under his wing. Turns out he's a huge asshole, as we know now, so basically it's more like he kidnapped me. <laughs> and taught me magic and literally forced me to grow up from a little boy to a grown man in a matter of minutes. Yeah, oh, wow. I'm surprised that you, I'm surprised they didn't, like, try and, like, um, like kind of connect it with... Uh, young justice where in young justice it's uh zatara who is dr fate yeah well well they do say they need to find a new dr fate is the thing because mm -hmm. obviously after fighting the lords of order and everything and because they went evil kent is like i ain't putting that fucking helmet on again <laughs> <laughs> now boo's a crazy motherfucker and we barely beat him the first time i refuse to put it on i can't keep him in check and they're like hey khalid you were dr fate for a second do you want to put it on and he's like fuck that shit no one remembers my book <laughs> yeah i am really surprised that he actually came back like i'm surprised someone actually remembered him or actually gave a shit enough to put him in a book <laughs> james tynan's a good guy and they say like look we're gonna hang back at the base now and we're gonna be we're gonna be your magical men in the chair is what we're gonna be and we're gonna help you run shit with our magical knowledge and you know we're gonna keep an eye out too for a new dr fate you know when we find someone who we think would be a good fit we, when we find someone who we hate enough to put this helmet on <laughs> exactly and it'll then be I'm the like, first hey, person that pisses them off <laughs> exactly and i'm like what about the stupid 90s fate what about that guy who had an onk over oh, his eye god. and a big dumb knife yeah fate <laughs> oh god yeah can, can we bring him back <laughs> <laughs> maybe don't though and then the other origin story is Constantine drinking at a bar with Zatanna and he retells his origin story, which the cool thing about that is that they go and do basically Vertigo 80s era art. Oh, nice. So it looks fun and it's literally the story, you know, hey, I was in a punk band called Mucus Membrane. We played a show for this guy named Logue who was a weird fucked up Satanist and I tried to save his daughter from a demon by summoning a bigger demon and her soul got taken down to hell and now I'm just shitty about everything all the time. <laughs> so, you know, Constantine. Yeah, usual Constantine. We also find out that it was uh, Zatanna's father that got him out of Ravenscar Asylum and that he knows more about what's going on, but Zatan or Zatara literally magicked him to secrecy to force him to keep his lips sealed. Oh, wow. And now he can't tell him anything. Uh, the last bit was the shortest bit, and it was probably the bit I liked the most because it was uh, Luther recruiting Cersei, who was going to be the next villain anyway. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, you know, have you been seeing this Justice League of the Dark thing? It's pretty fucking dope, right? But what if I gave you a bunch of money and resources and you could make an Injustice League Dark? Wouldn't that be sick as hell? <laughs> and Cersei's like, fuck yeah, bro, that would be sick as hell. I'll call Clarion and Solomon Grundy and shit. <laughs> and that's going to be the year of the villain arc, Justice League Dark versus Injustice League Dark. Oh, uh, that's cool. I really want to read Justice League Dark and I probably will start. Because I I've kind of I've like kind of kept up with um from where I stopped reading like the Lords of Water stuff 
So yeah, I'm thinking I'm probably jumping back on because I I really liked it during the New Fifty Two, and it was probably like one of the only books during the New Fifty Two that was like constantly good. It felt different, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, again, it's only thirteen issues now, plus I think some uh, Witchmark tie-in stuff, but mm-hmm. very very easy to pick back up. It's not long at all. No. Very easy to pick up, and it looks like they got cool shit coming down the pipeline for it. Also, pick it up now, because we're going to have another similar book in Gotham City Monsters. Yeah, yeah. Which, that's going to be hard. Uh, Which paranormal book do you read? (laughs) Because you got two to choose from. Yeah. Uh, What else did you have? I only had, like, two other ones. Yeah, I think I've got two other ones. I've got Tech Comics, issue 1008. This was one of mine too. Yeah, this is this this is a reprinting of an old Silver Age book where Batman fought the Joker. <laughs> yeah, it really felt like that, didn't it? Yeah, it, it was great. I, I loved it because of that. Yeah, it, it felt like a book out of time where Joker even says, "Man, you know, between all these crises and Legion of Dooms and everything, you know, we just we just haven't been concentrating on the work, man. You know, <laughs> the work of being a hero and a villain. I cause shit and you stop me. We're just we're just not doing it anymore, man. You know, I feel I feel like we might not have much time left, so we really have to enjoy. Yeah, this. we need to make villainy great again. That's basically what his entire pitch is for this. Yeah, and to do that, he rebuilds the amusement park in Gotham, takes a bunch of uh, people hostage, uh, puts little bolo ties around their neck that have mm-hmm. uh, gas in them, and he'll, he'll blow them up if Batman doesn't show up. Yep. Uh, the park is called Bolin Park, too, naturally, yeah. after Brian Bolin, the man who drew Killing Joe. Yeah, and there's a great Chinatown reference at the end. It's Bolin Park, man. They even go through the Tunnel of Love, and it's literally just the Tunnel of Love from Killing Joe. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that page with Batman in like the the little like like go karts and and stuff, just like hanging out just because he has to. <laughs> That, that's how you know it's a Silver Age story, too, because Batman's like, I could stop you at any time, but if I want to get the detonator for the bomb, I have to put up with your bullshit all day. Yeah, and that means, like, taking sledgehammers to the feet and, like, dealing mm. with, like, like Joker offering him cotton candy and shit like that. Because that's all Joker wanted. He just yeah. wanted to hang out at the amusement park with Batman. Yeah, yeah. Also, which Joker is this? Eh, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> One of the three. It's all good. He, he mentions the Legion of Doom, so I'm going to assume yeah. it's that one. Yeah. But then again, maybe this is the Super Friends Joker who was on the Legion of Doom, so you don't know. <laughs> it is a good-looking Joker, though. Yeah, yeah. Again, um, who's doing the art? Again, it's... Uh, uh, what's his name? Mankey. Doug Mankey, yeah. Again, again, this is... Well, I was reading it, I was like, this is why I really like this book as well. This is, Art is always consistent through the issue. Like, they, it's not like Tom King's book where every second page is by a different artist. Right. It's just constantly... Con- it's constant, and it's good. And it's yeah. fun. It is. It was a very fun book, and obviously this is kind of the buffer, because the next one is going to be Year of the Villain, and Batman's going to be fighting not just Mr. Freeze, but Mrs. Freeze, too, apparently. That was what really surprised me, because, again, we got those covers, and she was on there with a big robotic arm and everything, and I'm like, oh, yeah. that, that, that's quite interesting that they'd still fight, and I actually had, like, a really cool, like, story. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but it's so cool, so I was like, okay, well, like, why would she be fighting, like... Why would they be fighting? Because like Freeze has what he wants. He'll just you know, yeah, bugger off somewhere. So I was I was thinking it's like oh they got to do like a cool story where like 
all the times Batman has fought Mister Freeze, like in that chamber where where his oh, wife she is, she was awake. She 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 could like hear him and like oh, and like see shit. see Batman beating the fuck out of her husband and everything. And Who like was only with, trying to help her with yeah with, and yeah she doesn't have any context of it or either. So she just thinks this guy in a bat costume just coming in and just like prohibiting her husband from like helping her saving her life so she thinks that batman is evil i'm like oh that's That's, so cool that's so i hope they do it i hope they do it that's really good actually matt that's fucking genius yeah i I don't know whether they will but i hope they do that's man you see now you set the bar really high (laughs) because if her if her reasoning is any less than that i'll be disappointed That, that also begs the question, too. Yo, Batman, why didn't you just give him a bunch of money to save his wife? Why did Luthor have to be the one to do it? I, that means that there was X amount of money that it would have taken to save his wife, I, and you never did it. Again, that's that, that, they could play that into it. It's like, why did Batman never help you? He had access to all of this. Why did he never... Is it because he, he, he wanted you to always fail and always be there to be like a punching yeah. bag or something? Yeah, what the hell, Batman? Yeah, oh, so many cool ways you could go with it. We haven't had a truly great Mr. Freeze story in a long time, and I'm hoping this will be a truly great Mr. Freeze story. I'd I'd argue White Knight was kind of a good Mr. Freeze story, or had a good Mr. Freeze story in it. He was a minor character, but you're right, he had a good arc in that. Even when Scott Snyder uh, re-envisioned him and, like, brought him back to the villain that he was, Mm -hmm. that was a pretty good one. Yep, that was a good one. When Mr. Freeze is like, yo, I'm gonna freeze the world, and I got all these people here. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, I had one last one, and it was Web of Venom Funeral Pyre leading into Absolute Carnage. I was going to ask you, like, when does this, like, event start? Because I'm kind of interested to get into it. Fairly soon. It's going to be the next event. So I think, like, in a couple weeks, if not next month. Okay. But, uh, yeah, Funeral Pyre, which is actually a reference to a Venom Punisher crossover from, like, 93. This has nothing to do with any of that. (laughs) They just took the name because it's a fun name. Uh, we actually check in with Mania, of all people. You remember who Mania was, Matt? Vaguely. Mania was Flash Thompson's uh, goth teenager sidekick yeah, that's from right. his time in Philadelphia. That is right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we get to see what she's doing. And, like, you know, she's just, like, bumming around Philadelphia being like, man, you know, I, I kind of got, like, ghost arm syndrome. But for the symbiote, I got, like, ghost symbiote syndrome. <laughs> I keep thinking it's here when it's not, and that's really lame, and I keep having horrible nightmares. Then Carnage shows up, and he's like, hey, working for Null now, gotta kill everyone who's ever owned a symbiote and, like, drink their bone marrow as an (laughs) offering to my dark god. And I picked you first, because, you know, I figure there's no other heroes in Philadelphia to help you. (laughs) It's Philadelphia. It's Philadelphia, man. It's easy, so you know. Which makes a lot of sense, because he dug up all those bodies from Carnage USA and drank their bone marrow, mm-hmm. and now he's going after her. He's going, like, in reverse order. Yeah. Which is smart. He's like, well, I'm not going to fight Eddie Brock first, and I'm not going to fight Peter Parker first, and I'm not going <laughs> to fight, like, the Red Hulk and all these other people. No, no, no. I'm starting small and building up. <laughs> but, yeah, he, like, tries to kill her, and then you remember, oh, yeah, Andy just didn't have symbiote powers. She also was, like devil touch so she also has yeah. like hell powers yeah as like well. magic and stuff yeah 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 so she's like magic and she tries to burn carnage alive with hellfire and he's like yeah that doesn't work on me anymore <laughs> i have my own dark god now <laughs> the devil should be having nightmares of me <laughs> and then she escapes and she's like oh i gotta tell someone i gotta tell eddie brock and that's where the comic basically ends with her being the one who actually knows what carnage wants now oh nice nice yeah it was fine uh 
Cullen Bunn wrote this one, and Cullen Bunn wrote a lot of the uh, Philadelphia Venom anyway, so it's fun to see he got to come back and write this. Okay. So that was good shit. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, I liked it. Awesome. Uh, the, the last book I had was uh, Star Wars issue 69. Oh, hey, <laughs> 69. But yes, Star Wars. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm exactly 12. <laughs> um, yeah, so last issue was actually the beginning of Greg Pak's new run on the book oh yeah he's starting a new one isn't with he? uh phil noto on art so the book looks amazing nice. um I yes it, so in that issue the the we're actually in empire strikes back territory now um cool the empire is sending out the probe droids looking for the rebels and everything uh so the rebels want to come up with a bunch of plans that will help them kind of direct the empire away from them so han and leia end up Naturally. going to like blade runner planet um cool. and dressing up like blade runners to like infiltrate <laughs> this like planet that's basically one big criminal empire which makes sense for it to be blade runner because you've got harrison ford guy yeah yeah so he gets to dress up like a blade runner um so yeah they in- they uh infiltrate this and they end up running into this guy called dar champion who is like um one of leia's old flames from her time at like an academy somewhere so there's like right. this added like tension between them and they've got to like stop they've got to like make it look like that planet is aiding the rebels when they're really not so the empire will leave that planet maybe they might be able to use that planet as like a a base at some point uh luke has gone to like a desert planet which he comments on is like i've tried all my life to get off a desert planet and i just wind (laughs) up back on one uh, he, your, your whole family skywalker can't (laughs) get away from it he goes there because there's a rebel outpost there so he needs to um get past the superstar destroyer in in orbit to get down to the planet to help them escape uh and it's mm-hmm. it's here he runs into a woman who may or may not have force powers Ooh. so he's gonna learn some stuff from her and then chewbacca and 3po end up going to a planet that's apparently uninhabited with the plan on putting proton torpedo detonators everywhere over the planet luring as many of the empire as they can to the planet and then blowing it up that's that's an interesting plan yeah the whole planet's meant to be uninhabited but 3po ends up finding these like rock creatures that they didn't appear in any scans because they're rock creatures they don't live quote unquote um so they're cord basically yeah so there's like this moral dilemma where like 3po wants to let them live because they're like him they're not alive but they're alive but she was like fuck that shit blow them up blow them up but then chewie relates. by that you mean yeah 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 exactly that exactly fuck that. Them. <laughs> yeah fuck them rock people <laughs> jeez chewie um but he relents and is like okay we'll get the detonators but the only problem is he set off the the homing beacon that would bring the empire to them so the empire Oops. like all arrives at once it says really cool stories being set up and it's it's three like plots that are sort of their own separate things but are intertwined and it doesn't feel convoluted in any way there's a connection by theme i'm noticing too yeah yeah and as well as it's drawn by phil noto so it looks good it's it looks so Not much bad. better than the previous 67 issues which were all done by oh, wow i can't remember what the artist's name but he used to always he used photo references where he'd basically just trace <sighs> over the faces and be like i know what scene that's from from the movies i know what scene that's from from the movies because, which is funny because uh pack has been known to get artists who do that a lot too yeah but this time he's got phil dodo who doesn't do that 
No, Phil Noto, who's just killing it these days. Yeah, so the book the book is really good. It's, it's kind of been reinvigorated a little bit because of that. That's good. I mean, I think they need it too, obviously, with the new movie coming down the mm-hmm. pipeline soon. They want to make sure the comic is at a high, high premium. Oh, yeah. Man, I want to go to Star Wars land. They apparently <laughs> opened the one in Orlando soon. Maybe for Christmas this year, instead of Christmas gifts, everyone can just give me money to go to Star Wars. <laughs> G- give me money for Star but, Wars. But didn't you hear, Joel? It's like failing. It's only putting 25,000 people through each ride an hour. Only 25,000. Oh. It's failing, Joel. Oh. Star Wars oh, fatigue. No. Disney fatigue. Yeah, of course. You know, you know the, the biggest, most biggest thing, you know, <laughs> at the biggest park ever. <laughs> Gotta give me some of that blue milk, damn it. <laughs> Although, from what I understand, the green milk is actually better. Yeah, some of the stuff, some of the food isn't too good, apparently. That's the thing. I follow the Disney food blog, and they're like, look, it's cool, but, like, the food is not hitting it yet. But you can't blame them, because, like, what what the fuck is Star Wars food? We don't even know yet. They had the same problem in Avatar Land. We're yeah. like, what the fuck is <laughs> yeah, Avatar well, what food? The fuck we do the avatars eat? <laughs> yeah. Apparently, it's better now. They got these things, uh, cheeseburger pods, which literally they're just bow buns filled with cheeseburgers. Yeah, that's like they, they've got like um, like Coca-Cola is now canon in the Star Wars canon because they've got like they got Coke there and it's in like these little like Star Wars bottles. I saw that. I like to imagine that Coca-Cola will survive Earth and will go to a galaxy far, far <laughs> away when the rest of us are but dust. I like to imagine that. Yes, they'll be the one thing that left over from an ancient time. <laughs> I like to imagine when humans, when we have first contact with the aliens, it's like, okay, and here's a little gift basket with uh, some Coke in there. <laughs> and they try it with their little tentacle arms and they're like, Bruh, this is actually an aphrodisiac on our planet. Give us more. Yeah, it's basically it's a tantamount to cocaine. What it used to be. <laughs> what it used to be. To which, you know, us Earthlings are all like, really, they freaking love the Coca-Cola. Man. It's just sugar, water, and bubbles. Seriously? <laughs> they love it. The- okay, sure. Can we can we get some ray guns and some, you know, cure for space aids? Sure. Oh, yeah. Okay, right on. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I got ray guns and the cure for space aids in that order. Yeah, all it took was a bottle of Coke. <laughs> yeah, all it took was a bottle of Coke. It's great because we're not going to die of disease anymore, but also <laughs> we can bust lasers in each other's asses. We can finally raid Area 51. Finally, only to be disappointed when you find out that's where the government kept all the chairs. <laughs> yeah, the big chairs. We'll wear our juggalo face masks and, and infiltrate. Naruto running so bullets can't hit us. <laughs> oh, man, I love that. Uh, what is it? That CIA's new facial cam tech can't uh, see through juggalo face paint. That's amazing. In fact, hey, all those new face-changing apps that are so big on the internet now, a lot of people are saying, you know that's the government trying to get your facial fingerprint now, right? And you're just giving it away because, ooh, I want to look what I see what I look like as an old man or a lady. That's why I don't do that shit. The government ain't getting my face. (laughs) I'll only do it when, you know, when we master the John Travolta face-off technology. Yeah, where I can, okay, I've done that now. Now the time to change my face now to change my face speaking of john travolta he's going to be in toronto this year for fan expo i'm not going but he's actually going to be there in a very rare convention appearance that's so strange it is because i'm like what geek stuff has he been in battlefield (laughs) yeah i guess i guess maybe you could count face off as like a geek thing like a movie geek thing. i guess like again like but that's like more of a john woo thing yeah yeah he does he doesn't really do any of those those like genre movies genre no. movies no you should you he should was in go punisher get, yeah i 
I guess the one people, no one remembers yeah, the no, Thomas Jane one. The one that was actually pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the Thomas Jane one from 2004. I mean, is is, is this like? Are we gonna find out later that this is all just a backdoor to Scientology? It's like, all right, here you know, here's a here's an autograph for you. That's fifty dollars. Now go get your e meters read over here. He gives out free autographs if they all get audited. If they all get audited, it's all it's all just a backdoor for Scientology. It's Maybe he's gonna is. promote his new new direct-to-video film he made that week or something of course gaudy gaudy too gaudier <laughs> yeah the critics couldn't keep us down no gaudy too ghost of gaudy well you see gaudy's a ghost now in the sequel played by me and <laughs> just just stop talking john just just stop uh. <laughs> remember when you had remember when you had your career resurrected by tarantino in pulp fiction then you pissed it all away. Then you had it like resurrected again in like hairspray, and then you pissed it all away again. <laughs> Your um, career is just a bunch of pissing away. Yeah, and now and it's all it direct to DVD films. Man, that dude was a huge box office guy, and now he's doing direct to DVD schlock. Scientology does shit to you, man. Scientology, unless you're Tom Cruise, though, in which case Scientology lets you stay on top. But he's the space well, pope, so no, you know. We'll, we'll see. They they can't do anything to him because he has those those soul reading powers. So like, if ah, someone says naturally. someone says something mean to him, he'll just take their soul, and that's why he's so young. That's why he's always running too. He's yeah. charging up the soul reaving machine. Yeah. It's like the speed force. You got to get a running start. Yeah, it's for like it. a it's like a solar battery. He's got to like wind it yeah. up to keep the charge in it naturally naturally seriously yeah why is tom cruise so fucking young <laughs> Zeno, he's got the alien blood in him that's why you know he was originally meant to play brad pitt's role in once upon a time in hollywood wow that i couldn't a really different movie. yeah i couldn't see it like that also can you imagine tarantino having to work with him because they're both two huge oh, personalities he, he, he would probably somehow find a way because he's a method actor to go back in time and actually be that man and then like like kill the manson family <laughs> yeah really <laughs> i will do it i will rewrite history <laughs> what blows me away about that too is that so many people i'm finding on twitter who are younger than us are like whoa j- j- you know charles manson was real yes yeah i've seen that too i, I saw a comment there like, like ice ice cube wasn't having any of that he told some guy to like go look it up on w- wikipedia <laughs> yeah ice tea and they're like who's the manson family it's like fucking look it up <laughs> Man, I love the actor they got to play Charles Manson, too. He really does look like oh, him. The guy who plays, like, Charles Manson in everything he's in. Yeah. <laughs> they cast he's got them- him, and, like, Tarantino and some other director cast that same guy as Charles Manson in two different projects. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. He's, it's, it's the eyes. He's got them crazy, buggy, shifty eyes like the real Manson. <laughs> And he was able to grow the hair and the beard, too, which I'm sure is also yeah. important. Although I, well. hear, I hear he's not in the film all that much. No, I heard that, too. Man, I wonder how the real Manson feels about that. It's like, hey, man, did you know they put you in, like, you're, you're a real hot commodity now? You're actually in a bunch of movies again? Knowing him, he'd probably just be like, ah, cool. Yeah. I'm free in my mind. They can't get me cool. here. Scientology's too crazy for me. <laughs> it's too crazy he for me. He said that. He, he actually said that. He tried it once. He did and then it's like, yeah, it's too crazy for me. And I tattooed this swastika on my head. <laughs> Scientology, it's a cult, you know, says Charles Manson, famous cult leader. <laughs> That's what they need. They just need to, like, record Charles Manson saying, it's a cult, you know, crazy <laughs> shit. <laughs> no, I wouldn't trust that. It's a cult. TikTok, it's a cult, you know. He's a cu- he, can, he can be a cult consultant. Cult consultant Charles Manson. Holy shit. 
Well, the show ain't getting better than that, everyone. On that note, we can bring it to a close. Hilariously, we've been talking for over an hour 50. I thought this was going to be a short one, Matt, and this ended up being the same length as a regular episode. We can't win. We can't win. We we cannot win for losing, so never say we shortchanged you, everyone. No. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching. Always a pleasure. Be sure to like, subscribe, keep the conversation going down in the comment section. Really helps drive engagement, even if it's just saying hi. We always like that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you can find the show here on YouTube Wednesday, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time every week. That is, of course, unless you're a patron, in which case you get it Sunday night, usually around midnight, as soon as we're done. It's like 12.01 right now as we sit and record this. And uh, if you want the audio version, which is ad-free, be sure to head on over to SoundCloud, where you can download that one directly, and iTunes, too, and everywhere else that the RSS feed gets put up there. Yeah, awesome. Truth be told, I don't know everywhere this podcast goes. <laughs> could, I know I search it's like, oh, you know, Stitcher, iHeart, right? Never heard of these. Yeah, Ugandan right. pirate websites. What? What? Well, I am the captain now, so you know, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> but yes, thank you, everyone, and we will be back again next week. Until then, everyone, uh, you know, com- comics, comic, multi- do, do the thing. Do, do the thing. Com- <laughs> do it. Do, do the thing. You know what to do. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>